Welcome to the Bridging the Generation podcast, where we're connecting music from the past, present, and the future. I'm your host, Malak Arif, and today I got a very special treat for y'all. Uh, my next guest coming straight out of Bedford-Stuyvesant, New York, has rapped alongside artists and producers such as Conway the Machine, Talib Kweli, Benny the Butcher, DJ Premier, Pete Rock, Apollo Brown, Sean Price. I mean, the list goes on and on. Uh, last year, he dropped two critically acclaimed projects. One, The Bluest No Feature in Dumbo Station, and one of my favorite projects last year, Milestone. With his immense and impeccable catalog, this brother is not planning on stopping anytime soon, and he's been in the game for about 15 years. So with all that said, it's an honor and a pleasure to introduce to the BTG podcast, the one and only Sky Zoo. Let's go. Washington, D.C., man, I have a very, very, very special guest, man. First of all, I want to say welcome to the Bridging the Generation podcast. I'm your host, Malak Arif. And again, today I have a very, very special guest, man. This brother has been killing it in the game, man, for the last 15 years, man, representing that BK, New York, man, one of the illest MCs in the game, man, words cannot explain how thankful I am for this brother for being here, man. We talk about the one, the only Sky Zoo, man. What's going on, brother? Oh, man. I don't know how to follow that up, man. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> I don't know how to follow that up, man. But uh, first off, I appreciate the love. I appreciate uh, the breakdown and, and, and the kind words and everything, man. And happy to be here. You know what I'm saying? I'm, I'm, I'm happy to be here. Nah, no doubt. No doubt, brother, man. Like I said, man, after this interview, man, I might just retire, brother. I, you can't get no. This is the this is this is the Mount Rushmore, man, of MCs uh, uh, of lyricists in my lifetime, man. You, I hate to pull. I, I don't want to be that guy upon it on, man. But you deserve your flowers, brother. You know what? I was just about to say that. You know, um, well, first of all, I appreciate that. Second of all, you know, a lot of times people show love, you know, the way you just did, and and they'll be like, man. You know, I, can we, is the language whatever? Can we say nah, whatever? it's, man, let's rock. Let's okay. go, man. Come on. Be like, yo, man, I ain't trying to dick ride, da-da-da-da-da, but I love your music. And I'm like, that's not dick riding at all. You know what I'm saying? Like, especially artists in my position where you're an independent artist, you know, you indie, you doing everything on your own. Oh, you know, you on a certain side of the fence. You not, quote, unquote, mainstream and all that, whatever, whatever. That's the kind of stuff that fuels us. You know, the, the, admiration or, or the adulation rather and and the acknowledgement and the flowers and just giving it up and and, and the appreciation yeah. that's what fuels us you know what i mean so we need that so it's never quote unquote dick riding it's never you know i ain't trying to do too much nah man do it you know what i'm saying the same way like you see behind me is a penny jersey you know when i met son i was pouring it on yo yeah. bro you yeah. raised me in junior high you <laughs> raised me in the 90s i was pouring it on yeah. because 
you need that. You know what I mean? We all do. So, you know, I appreciate that. Nah, man. It's, it's, it's you know, what I noticed, man, brothers like you, man, it just seemed like, you know, in my world, man, brother, you at the, you at the top, man. You mainstream to me, brother. I don't, I don't care about the labels. I don't care about numbers, followers in my world, bro. And, and, and when I say, man, I hate to be that guy as far as saying, I don't like to be the dick ride or nothing like that, but I'm going to be honest, man. And niggas going to think I'm, niggas can say whatever they want, but I'm going to be honest, man. And I know it's a lot of other niggas that feel the same way. Yeah. I listen to you more than Jay-Z, brother. I listen to I you more that. than a lot of, than Nas, brother. Right, right. Like, I appreciate that, man. Like, that means a like, lot, man. I appreciate that. Bro, your catalog is 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 nuts, man. So look, I want to start from the beginning, uh, Scott. I want to start from the beginning. I don't want to hold you, man. But let's go from the beginning, man. How how did you uh get started, man? You know, with, with um, can you tell the people exactly where you're from and how did you get started? Oh man, Brooklyn, New York. Brooklyn, New York, man, a hundred percent. Uh, when I was in high school. My pops moved to Southside, Jamaica, Queens. So mm. uh, I did the back and forth. And you hear me talk about Queens in my music at times as well. Oh, that's how the second home, you know what I mean? So um, I did the back and forth thing, but New York through and through, you know, and mm. I started rhyming when I was nine, you know, and a lot of people, see back then it was different because nowadays you got parents putting their nine, 10 year olds in front of the camera and on SoundCloud, right. or whatever. Back then when you was nine and you said you rapped, it was a rarity. Everybody right. played ball. Like everybody, when you was a kid, you wanted to be a ball player. You know what I mean? Right. You didn't want to be yeah, a no rapper no until you was in your late teens or early 20s or whatever. But for me, I caught the bug early. I was nine, you know? So I heard a record called AJ Nothing But a Number by Chi Ali. And the that's moment I saw the video, I told my mother, I said, that's what I want to do forever. And that was it, you know? And she took me serious. Most parents wouldn't have. She took me serious and was like, whatever you want to do, do it. Like, uh, yeah, you know? go do it and i went and did it you know um i started rhyming when i was nine but you know it wasn't like nowadays where anybody could get you know download a program on their computer and rhyme at the crib and that wasn't it you know you had to know right. somebody to know somebody get in a studio and do whatever whatever so um i didn't really get in the studio for the first time so i was like 15 16 and i was like oh. one for the year you know what i mean like different back then you know especially right, right. a high school kid or whatever so i really started coming into my own as far as like making little mixtapes and doing little local things when i was like 18 19 20 like that's when i really started doing anything and i still nobody knew me i had a regular job i was outside you know what i mean like nobody yeah. knew me. that was all right i'm in the studio i'm working on a little local mixtapes and all that you right. know what i mean and then you know, you fast forward to 06, that's when I really started doing a little something where somebody might be like, hey, I, I think I know that guy. I, I think I, okay. yeah, okay. You know, that was, right. you know, the cloud nine and all that stuff. I'm sure you're yeah, wondering. Yeah. Of course, of course. Happening. Okay, okay. So who was the first person? Because like I said, I got hip to you, I'm going to say like around that around that time, uh, 2007, around, um, I remember hearing you on that, uh, uh, um, the Sean Price Project, man. Yeah, um, Jesus it, Christ, superstar. Jesus, yeah, Jesus Christ, yeah. superstar, man, and um, yeah, absolutely, yeah, yeah. So that's when I got hit, man. I remember Static Selector had you on a lot of projects back in the day, man. So you know, let's just go back a little bit before that, man. Like, who was the one who actually said, "Hey, man, let's get in the studio," you know, like, man, let's 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 take this shit serious. I hear you. I heard you just say that you start taking it serious a little bit as you, you know, eighteen, nineteen. But 
We yeah. talk about 2006, 2007. Who was that? Who was that guy that really, you know, stamped you? Yeah. So um, I was doing a local thing, you know, studios with my man Nice, my man DJ Nice, who was uh, he was kind of like, uh, I mean, he was like my my real first engineer for years, right. you know, almost a decade. You know what I mean? Okay. Um, okay. But I would say, I mean, the first person who of any significance to stamp me and be like, yo, I'm rocking is Knife. You know, it was Knife Wonder. You know what I mean? That mm -hmm. that was the first person of any status to, yeah, right, to right. you know what I mean? It was 2006. So I met I met Sean Don in late 04. Late okay. 2004. I met Sean Don, uh, gave him some music, and he took it to North Carolina to the Justice yeah. League when they were still together. And yeah, he was yeah. all of them. Dunny's a great dude. He he's like me in the sense of he'll put anybody on. It's not a threat. Like I'll put anybody yeah. on. I think you dope. I right. help him on as best as I can. It ain't a threat to me. Like, yo, if I put Sun on or I put Shorty on, what if yeah. they get yeah, and I'm here? I don't care about yeah. none of that. I just want heads to get it who deserve it. And Sun no is very much like that. So he was passing my tapes around Justice League, like, yo, this kid is it, man. He nice, he nice, he from Brooklyn, he young kid. We got to get with him. So in, in early 05, they invited me to come to North Carolina, and I just did a bunch yeah. of records. I did like 15 records in a week. It was uh yeah. Beats from Crisis, from Ninth, and for Ten, and that's the whole North. That's the yeah. whole North Carolina camp right there. <laughs> yeah, and, and it was one from this new kid named Ill Mind, who nobody really knew. And that's how I met Ill Mind was through them. You know what I mean? Like they put me on through them. I'll tell you that story in a minute. So I went down there and did all these records. None of the records really came out. You know, a right. few here and there leaked on the internet, but we just worked. They used to have this right. thing where they bring you down just to work. Like yo, we just gonna work. And whatever happens, happens. It's like going to the park. We're just going to play. And, um, you know, I did that. And me and Knife got really, really close. And it became a thing where for the next year, anytime Knife would see me, whether it was in New York for a concert right. or event, he would call me to pull up. Or if I was in North Carolina or whatever it might be, he would hand me a beat CD. It was like a running joke. He would hand me a beat CD with a bunch of new shit on it and be like, yo, Scott, right, right. here go the new beats. Yo, Scott, here go the new shit. So I wound up, I'm a kid early what 22 maybe whatever whatever 23 and i got you know five seven ninth one to beat cds and each cd got like 20 joints you know what i mean and i'm a kid with a job taking a train that nobody know you know what i mean but i got all hey, these hold from on, let me stop producer, the new destiny's child producer you know what i'm saying let me stop you for a second scott now yeah. i wanted this is my question to you and i know the guests you know when they see this video they they will they, they will love they will want to know this, you know, this question and the question I posed to you, were you familiar with Knife Wonder like prior to this meeting, you know, with his work with Jay-Z oh, yeah, and yeah, Little yeah, Brother? For sure. Okay. For sure. You know, That's obviously it. through, you know, the Black Album stuff and yeah. the style stuff, of course, you know what I mean? Absolutely. Okay. Um, uh -huh. LB album, of course, the first joint, you know what I mean? Course, so yeah, I was already hip. Like going to North Carolina, it was like, oh shit, word, I'm about to go down there and get with them and try to turn this into something, you know what I mean? So absolutely. Um, so, you know, so he would always hand me BCD. So fast forward, like spring 06, so like a full year later, and I'm in a crib in New York, and I was kind of bored. You know, nothing was really popping on the radio or the mixtape scene. Right. And I just started listening to beat CDs that I had. And I had yeah. all the ninth beat CDs that I never touched. And I was like, yo, I got all these beats. I ain't do nothing too. 
And I was like, yeah, I got to fuck with these, man. And, and I started <laughs> pulling beats aside, making a list. All right, track one, track five, track eight. All right, cool. Track two, track five, track three. All right, cool. You know, just making a little list of which ones I love. Yeah, yeah. no doubt. And then, and man, I went to the lab. I went to my man's studio that I mentioned earlier, and I did nine joints in two days. Okay. I did the nine joints in two days. Knife had no idea what was going on. I booked a trip a week later to go to North Carolina. I hit him, yo, I want to come down for a couple days and just bug out. He was like, yeah, come down, whatever. So I booked the flight. I went down and got to the lab and I gave him a CD. Same way he was with me. I gave him a CD. I said, yo, here, put that in your pocket. He said, what's this? I said, eh, put it in your pocket, you know, play it later. He said, all right. He calls me the next morning. I'm at Sean Don house staying on his couch. He calls me the next morning. Yo, what is this? What is this on this CD? And he's blasting it in the back. And it was the bodega playing and all that. He was like, yo, what is this? I was like, what's up? He was like, yo, this shit is incredible. This shit is crazy. What is this? I was like, yo, you know, I was cooking. I was in New York cooking. And he was like, yo, what you want to do with it? I was like, yo, you tell me. He was like, yo, come to the studio by 12. I said, I bet. I get to the studio at 12 and he's just like, yo, this shit is incredible on this CD, man. Like, what is going on? You did a whole album? You did like, I was like, yeah, I did in like two days. He's like, in two days? I was like, yeah, I did it in like two days, whatever, whatever. Yeah. He said, yo, let's finish it. So we did three okay. joints in one day. And that's how it became 12 songs in three days. That's how it became Cloud Nine, 12 songs in three days, whatever, whatever. Okay. Uh, and then he was like, yo, whatever you want to do, I'm with it. I said, if you give me your blessing, I'm going to run. I was like, I don't need, I don't need you to hold my hand. I don't yeah. need to make calls. I don't need you to do nothing. Okay. Just give me your blessing and I'm gonna run. Okay. Meaning like when I put this out, when I bust moves with it, right. if somebody asks you if it's real, yeah, it's real. Because at the time there was a lot of knife beats on YouTube and people was, you know, grabbing them and doing freestyle yeah. songs to them. So you didn't know what was real or not. He wanted he wanted that he wanted you to like stamp that shit. Make sure yeah, that shit just let just let motherfuckers know it was real. Like, you know, if, if yeah. I go run and I put your name on it, just let them know it's real. And he was like, done deal. I was like, I'll do everything else. Literally. Right. I handled right. the art, I handled the photos, I handled the press, I handled the rollout, I handled everything. Yeah. I got the distro deal for it. I was 23 years old going to work every day, but I handled everything. I said, yo, I don't I don't need you to do nothing. Right. Hello. Hello. Yo, we still Hello? here. Yeah, 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 yeah. Nah, I hear you. No, I can hear you. You said you don't need him to do nothing. I'm sorry. I don't know what just happened. Yeah, I bring it. Back. Yeah. So I said, yeah. As long as you just let motherfuckers know it's real, that's it. Like I, I handled the photos. I handled the artwork. I handled the rollout. Right. I handled the digital deal for it. I got the vinyl deal for it. Everything. I said, yeah. yo, I don't, I don't need none of that because I know, I know you moving. You know what I'm saying? Right. And you don't owe me nothing. You giving me right. all these joints. I'm going to run with it. Okay. Just let motherfuckers know it's real. And he was like, done deal. Like, yeah, I want right. to see it happen. I want to come out. And I ran with it. And I was watching the dope moves. And that was that. That's what's up, man. Hey, you know, I came back to that project. Like I said, man, I, the first project that I got hip to, the first actual album that I heard from you, man. And it was the joint you did with uh, Static Selector, um, DJ Drama. And this was also around the same time that you uh you released oh, yeah, this that, album. Was, that was 09, so that was the power oh. word. That was a mixtape. Yeah, that so I had to go back. I don't remember the uh the cloud nine and all that stuff. I had when that dropped, I don't I I, I wasn't hip to that right, particular right, right. project. So 
you know, let's go back a little bit, man. Tell me about you. You know, you meeting uh Sean Price, man. Putting uh, you know that that uh being featured on that uh Jesus Price Superstar, man. How did man, you link up with Price? Man, yeah, uh, another North Carolina story, man. I was in North Carolina working, you know, working on some uh, on some records with Knife and all that, and P was down there. So P went to North Carolina for two weeks to work on Jesus Price Superstar. I think he was only supposed to go for like two or three days to do like one record. And I guess the chemistry was so dope with him in the Justice League, he just stayed. You know what I mean? And he just kept making more records. So if you go back to that album, they produced like 80% of that album. It's Ninth Crisis. Crisis. They did the majority of that album. You know what I mean? So I was there for that. So I remember okay. going and meeting him. And of course I knew who he was because obviously boot camp Brooklyn. And I'm like, oh snap, there goes Sean Pratt. Okay, cool. Boom, boom, boom. And um, we met and everything was love. And I was working on something else of mine. We was kind of taking turns with the studio because it was like one one A room as far as where you record and all that. So he would work for a couple hours and then they go get something to eat, and I'll work, you know, whatever, whatever. Okay. And he heard me doing some records with some hooks. And um, he pulled me aside and he was like, yo, you real, you real nasty, bro. You, you real nasty. You know what I mean? You crazy, bro. And then he was like, yo, you real nasty with them hooks, too. And I was like, yeah, yeah. He was like, yo, you mind doing a hook on one of my joints? And I was like, yeah, let's do it. You know what I mean? Like, so, um, so it he was don't that. like nobody, man. If he, I heard Sean Price don't like nobody. So if he give you, if he give you a compliment, he really fuck with you. But you know what's crazy? He was the friendliest dude, man. He was the coolest dude in the world. That is true as far as like he would pick and choose when he like get close. But man, he was the coolest dude, man. He uh, as a friend, he was the coolest dude in the world, man. Yeah. But um, but yeah. So you know, I did the hook for for you already know, you know, and um, and and that was it. And we started rocking, and that was the first retail album that i was ever on so okay. to this day that album's huge to me because that was the first time you could go to a store and see somebody else's album and my name okay. is one of the feature and it's like yo so-and-so album featuring sky zoo like that was huge okay. for me you know i still had to go to work the next week you know what i mean so like, <laughs> that was huge for me you know what i mean and and, and i um I, i'll never forget that you know and, and among a million other things with him for sure but that was that was the right. first one and it was beautiful funny thing about that too when I record, I know people may not care about this, but when I record, like I I bring the mic down a little bit because I like to kind of talk down to it. So okay. I'm six. Now, why, why is that? Why is that? I don't know. Like the dynamics, uh, I guess, of my voice and all that. Everybody got yeah. their little quirks in the studio. I want right? to talk about that, but finish what you about to say, man, because this is so, this is very important. But finish what you're saying. So I'm six one, but on the record, yeah. Sean P goes. Yo, even the Brooklyn guy short. And I was like, yo, what the fuck? Like, you know what I'm saying? Like, I don't think I'm short. Because when he went in the same height, like when he went in the booth after me, he had to raise the mic up. Cause we me and him was the same height, but he had to raise the mic up. Because like I said, I like to kind of rhyme down to it. You know what I mean? And, and he was kind of more straight on. So when he had to go in the booth and raise the mic, that's when he said that. Just being a jerk, just being funny. You know what I mean? <laughs> in the intro, he goes, Big Zoo, what up? That's my yeah. oxymoron. Even the Brooklyn yeah. guy thought, oh man. And I was like, I'm standing on the other side. Fuck you, people don't know me. They don't think I'm five two. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, but it, go, it, go, it, it goes so hard on the track. It sounds, it flows so well, man. You know, so we. I guess y'all was like, fuck it, let's just keep it. Yeah, nah, he wasn't going to take that off. You know what I'm saying? Like, and it's I didn't price, know, he wasn't going to take that off. He lived for those spontaneous, funny, yeah. skit-type moments. He wasn't going to take that off. And I, 
I had no right to ask him to. It was funny. And I was like, ah, oh, get That's out of legend. here. It was funny. That was, that was my man. Two, two legends, man. So, look, Thank I want to fast forward a little bit, man. So, here we go, man. You know, 2009, man, you know, you dropping your first project, The Salvation, man. Tell me what led up to this project, man, because, you know, I feel like that project was so underrated and, you know, a lot of people, man, to, to me, it's a classic. So tell me what led up to that project. So they say you take your whole life to make your first album, you know, and it's extremely true. If you're an artist who cares about the work and cares about the art and you really in it for the love of the music and your legacy and all that. Yeah. You take your whole life to make your first album because from the moment you start rhyming or singing or whatever it is, playing the instrument, whatever, the moment you start, all you think about is what your first album is going to sound like. That's what they're saying. Mm. You know, like that's all you think about. So when I was nine, 10 years old, I used to be in school drawing my album cover at 10 years old. I was drawing pictures of what my album cover would be. And then when I was 14, I was drawing pictures of what my album cover would be. And then when I was 21, I was making a, a wish list of who I wanted on my album. So when people say that, that's what that means. Like you take your whole life to make your first album. You know, all you're thinking about is, what that moment is going to sound like, what yeah, that album is yeah. going to look like, sound like, feel like, smell like, everything. Yeah. So for me, that was, you know, my whole life leading up to it. So there's stories on there that happened years prior. And um, I put those moments in my pocket and I saved them, you know, like, for instance, for what it's worth, That's my that shit, situation right? happened Oof. to me in 06. You know what yeah. I mean? Like That situation, that whole song is a true story. Yeah. Like, I was at work. I was on my lunch break. My man called me. He was like, yo, we about to go out of town, da-da-da-da-da, and bust a yeah. dope moves. Yo, come with us, and let's bust this bread down when we get back. Let's go out of town, make something shake, blah-blah-blah. And I was like, nah. Yo, what you mean, nah? Come on, what you talking about, man? You want us? What you talking about? Yeah, yeah. I was like, nah, I'm at work, man, and you know, I got this music, da-da-da. Nah, I'm, I'm, yo, what you talking about? You sure? <laughs> come back with X amount and get busy and blah-blah-blah. Yeah. Nah, I'm good. I'm good. I'm cool. And I'm cool. And so I was yeah, on the phone yeah. with him doing that. And I was late going back to work telling right, him. Right. no. So when I get back in the job, I get pulled in the office for being late from lunch and I get fired. Yeah. And I'm like, yo, I'm late because I was trying to do the right thing. <laughs> like, you know what I mean? So like the, the, the irony. I could have went the irony. the wrong thing. <laughs> exactly. You know, what I, mean? I could have went out there and made all kind of bands and been good. So. Yeah. I was so upset. I was so mad when, when that happened. And the irony, like you said, and I was like, yo, this is a song, man. This is a song. And I put the, I put the idea in my pocket. I was like, I'm not even touching this right now. That was three years before the salvation. Mm -hmm. I was like, this is a song that would speak volumes on my first album. Right, so it's right. that type of stuff, like all those moments and the things right. I went through and the things I was aspiring for, all that stuff went into the stories on the salvation. So that's what it was okay. about. Now, now, you know, being that you, you know, when I look, when I um, listen to that project and I go back to it, I look at the credits mm -hmm. and I noticed, man, like a lot of the guys um, that you was working with in North Carolina seemed like you build up a camaraderie because they're also crisis and like a lot of those guys yeah. are also featured on the Salvation, man. Tell me about that camaraderie, man, with those guys, man, because, um, you know, I, one thing I love about your music, man, you, you, when it comes to cohesion, man, brother, I, yeah, yeah, it's like your seconds and none, man. So tell me about the, the what, what's so special, man, about working with those brothers, you know, down in North Carolina, man. 
Well, I haven't worked with them in a while, but you know, when we was working, man, like, you know, they, I mean, they're obviously super talented, you know, and yeah. when it came to getting in the game, as far as really making some waves like 05, 06, 07, you know, they yeah. was the guys I went to for beats all the time. Yeah. Right? You know what I mean? Like yeah. that was kind of my producers, so to speak, right. you know? So, um, I mean, you look at Eric G, all the work he's doing, I brought Eric G to Knife. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, yeah. Knife didn't know Eric G. I played right. for what was worth for Knife because I was working on the album with him and all that. And when I was right. playing rough mixes, when he right. heard for what it's worth, he flipped out. He was like, yo, who did this beat? And I was like, yo, this, this skinny white kid from Seattle, man, Eric G. He was like, who is Eric G? Like, yeah. we need him. Like, what's up? Yeah. And I yeah. I'm introduced him and put him down. And, you know, now he over there doing his thing for however many years. You know, so it was just yeah. like yeah. this this cool circle of, of different things going on. You know what I mean? And and all of them was talented, you know, and, and it just I was, you know, happy to be able to work with them guys and get beats and, you know, and vice versa. Right. It was right. more right. a nice situation. Now, now, like I uh, like I was mentioning, Sean Price is he the one who um, helped you get on with uh, uh, Duck Down? You know, yeah, that, that relationship. Somewhat. The funny thing about that was, um, so I was shopping, you know, a deal, you know, for for my debut and all that. And I was talking to a bunch of different labels, indies and majors, and I had you know conversations going on and all that. And Duck Down was definitely some of the people I thought would have made sense. So I remember talking to uh, to Buckshot. You know, I went to I was at some event and Buck was there and me and Buck was talking and, you know, he, he was obviously hip to what I was doing and drew high and all that I was talking to them and they were interested. They was like, yo, man, we, we really would like to sit down and see if we could do something. And I was like, all right, cool. And um, I guess word got back to P. I don't remember if it was through me or if they brought it up, but I remember P kind of like pushing it like, yo, y'all got to do that deal. I got to do the Sky Zoo deal. You got to do that. And um, they were like, nah, nah, we're going to do it. It was like, nah, you got to do the Sky Zoo deal. Like, we don't want to see him go to another team and it'd be like a free agent. He could have went to the Knicks, but he went to the Knicks. You know what I mean? Like, (laughs) no, he got to be here because if he don't, we're going to be mad in the long run. And Drew was like, nah, we we plan on doing the deal. We're going to bring him in and sit with him and, you know, we're going to make something happen. And Sean was like, yo, for real, like, grab him. You know what I mean? Like, don't yeah, don't let yeah. him go to another team, you know. Um, and and that was that. He he I'm, he was talking about me, and I think at the same time, Tor was doing his deal with them, and he was saying the same thing about Tor. Like, yo, don't don't let him go, and don't let him go. You know what I mean? So, uh, no, Tor, you mean Tor, you mean Tor Ray, Tor Ray, right? Yeah. So, um, it was like, yo, don't let him go, don't let him go. You know what I mean? And so that was how it happened. They was already trying to do the deal, and he kind of really just nudged it, like, yeah. yo, nah, do it. And they was like, okay. Sean, we're going to do it. We're going to do it. Don't worry. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, yeah, so that's yeah, how yeah. it went down. And then um, and then talking to Ninth, you know, I wasn't signed to Ninth at the time. And I asked Ninth, I was like, yo, we got all these records. You've been giving me beats for years. You ain't yeah. charged me nothing. It's love. I'm doing verses, whatever. It's love. We family. I said, yo, I'm about to do this album. And I got a couple yeah. beats I want to use from you that you gave me before. Yeah, yeah. How much? How, you know, how much should I pay you? And he was like, man, I don't even know what to charge you. Like, we've been rocking forever. We fam. Yeah, yeah. He was like, man, I could try to figure out a number or <laughs> you can help me get this label off the ground. Okay. He was like, I'm going to start this label called Jamla. There we if go. You get the label off the ground, we good. And I was like, bro, done deal. He was like, yo, uh, I got a 
a couple artists I'm looking at, but you already moving. You're already doing your thing. You're already moving. So it's easier to break artists that's already got some things got, going got on. Some, got some nobody ever heard of. So yeah, would you be down to be the first? Would you be down to be the biggie of the label and be the first? Right. And right. I was like, bro, I would be honored to. Let's do it. You know, you've been holding yeah. me down for years now. Let's do it. And then I was like, yo, I'm working on this deal with Duck Down. He was like, man, I'm about to do the Jamler deal with Duck Down. So I was like, oh, this is perfect. It's already lined up. I don't got to say no to them or no to you. Yeah, or yeah. And it lined up. And that was the way it happened. Okay. So now we're going to we go fast forward because I'm not going to go through every project, brother. Your, your, your catalog, <laughs> like I said, is ridiculous. Yeah, we'll be here, we'll so, be here for a while. Nah, we, we're not even going to do that. So look, I want to go to uh, 2012, man, when you did, um you dropped A Dream Deferred. And yeah. one of the standout project uh, songs on that, pro on that project, man, was... You know, my favorite, when one of my favorite Spike Lee songs, I mean, my one of my favorite Skazu songs, Spike Lee uh, uh, was my hero, man. And I want to I want to I want to know where did that inspiration come from, man? Because I don't feel like Spike Lee gets his gets the credit that he deserved, man. And just hearing the way that you, you know, you, 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 you know, rapped, you know, just just was able to convey how you feel about this brother and his work, man. Where did the inspiration yeah. come from? Oh, man, my heroes, man. My heroes are my pops, Spike Lee and Jadakiss. You know what I mean? Those, those are my heroes, man. And, um, you know, when I heard the beat, Tall Black Guy did the beat. He had sent me some beats and all that. And when I heard the beat, it sounded like a superhero theme song. <laughs> you know I mean? Like, that was the first thing I heard with the horns. It sounded like a superhero. It sounded like the on a cartoon on Saturday morning with a hero on. It sounded like some superhero shit. And um, and I was the first thing I said to myself, man, who's who's a superhero that you would write a record about that would really be kind of like off the wall? Like I could write a record about my pops, and I did that. Last year, obviously, yeah, you know, we're gonna, we gonna talk about that, yeah, yeah, right. But like, where it would really fuck people up and it would be off the wall and everybody could relate, but be like, yo, why didn't anybody think about that before? And the first person that came to my mind was Spike, you know what I mean? I was like, yo, yeah. Spike is my hero, like, along yeah, with my yeah. pop, like I said, of course, yeah, but yeah. you know, I was like, yo, Spike, and um, it just started flowing right there on the spot. Yeah. I was at Mine House because I recorded that whole album at Ill Mine's house, and okay. uh, he he. I recorded the whole shit at Measy Crib, at Ilman Crib. So I was sitting in his crib and the shit came on and I just started writing right away. Yeah. And the first thing that came out of my mouth was the hook. I heard these from my window and it's Lee from my pillow. The Spike Lee was my hair. It just started pouring. Yeah. Yeah. And I, yeah. I was just typing away on the phone, you know what <laughs> I mean? And I was done. Maybe, maybe an hour, yeah. I was done. And then, you know, I remember yeah. I was in the lab with Kwali. Quad was like, yo, come to the lab. You know, I got this joint I want to get you on. I was like, yeah, yeah, for sure. So I went. Something said, yo, bring flash drive, play some rough joints for him. That's Quad. That's the homie. That's my brother. It's all good. I had maybe like eight or nine joints done on the album or whatever. And um, so I went to the lab, I went to the studio, and I did a verse. One of the projects he put out around that same time. I don't remember exactly which one. One of the joints we did. Um, I think it was Gutter. I remember he did an album, the Gutter Rainbows. That was his album. It might have been a mixtape joint. I think oh, either Oh No or Mad Lib did the beat. 
He I another mean, one of them dudes, man. They got like a million dope. His yeah, catalog yeah. is crazy, he, man. He it, man. It was either yeah. Oh No or Madlib who did the beat. I think it was Oh No. Um, but either way, so I did the verse, and after the verse, he was like, "Yo, what you working on? You got some new shit?" And I was like, "Yeah, I got some joints." And I plugged in the flash drive. I started playing joints, and I played that joint. Mm. And he was like, "Yo, yo, you got anybody on this?" And I wasn't thinking about putting nobody on it. You know what I mean? Like, he's like, "Yo, you got anybody on this?" And I was like. Nah, he was like, "Yo, I'll totally get on this if you wanted to." And yo, I was like, hold up! Bro. Whoa, 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 whoa! Stop, <laughs> yo, Scott. How did that make you feel? Like the, the the you know, to me, man, me and you around the same age, man. Yeah. How did that make you feel, man? For 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 Quali to just be that excited, man, to jump on a project with you, brother, and oh, you man. know, at this time, you were yeah. only like what, maybe four, four or five years in the game, man. How did that? What was the what I mean, was the yeah, I, I mean feeling, it was man. crazy, man, because you know, I grew up on Qua. I grew up on Black Star, I grew up on like all that stuff, you know what I mean? Those are some of my yeah. favorite artists, some of my favorite albums, some of my favorite yeah, rap, like yeah, yeah. absolutely Qua is a legend, Qua is amazing, you know what I mean? Yeah, Without a yeah. doubt. And that's my yeah. bro, you know what I mean? At the time, we was we was tight, but we're obviously way tighter now because time passed, relationships grow. But at the time, we was getting real tight. I was like, yo, that's my man. So like you know, when he said that, he was just listening to it and he was like, yo, you got anybody on this? And I, like I said, I wasn't thinking about putting nobody on it. It just hadn't hit me. Okay. And I was like, nah, not yet. And he was like, yo, if you wanted, I would totally jump on this. And I was like, done <laughs> deal. Absolutely. I'm going to leave it say here. No, with you. Say no more. <laughs> yeah, I was like, I'm going to leave it here with you. And then in like a week or two weeks, something like that, I don't remember, it was done. You know what I mean? And he sent it back and it was done. And then, you know, we shot the video you know, rest in peace to my man, Alex G, who directed the video. Um, and that video was nuts because Spike is all over it. How? Remember, Scott, uh, how did you get Spike, though, man? Oh, how man did you, bro, I, that story's crazy. So, so one day, maybe a week or two after the album is out, yeah. a tweet pops up on my phone from Spike. Yo, loving this new Sky Zoo. Spike Lee was my hero. I was like, what? Like... I had never met him before. I had no dealings with him. My man was over there. My man, Jason. Shout my man, Jason. My man, Jason, is one of Spike's right-hand mans, but I never used that card. I ain't even, yeah. I wasn't on it like that. I ain't even think yeah, he used yeah. that card. So it wasn't through that, you know what I mean? Um, so, you know, Spike tweeted that. Then, like, 10 minutes later, he tweeted again, and he was quoting lines from it. He was like, man, mm. man I'm, I'm honored to be, you know, to be, uh, you know, saluted in this record and i was like yo 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 hold on we got to figure this out now because now he's tweeting about it multiple times we got to figure this something got to happen out of this yeah yeah, yeah. jason and he was like yeah spike's really excited about the record man blah 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 my man fuse does a lot of artwork for spike fuse was like yo yeah like spike's really excited about the record I'm like yo how did this happen so what happened was spike's son jackson was playing the album in the house Okay. And he went in Spike's room and grabbed him and was like, Dad, come listen to this. And that was how it happened. So his son, yeah, played, and I had never that's met crazy. him. Now I know him. I know him well. But at the time, I had never met him. So Jackson plugged it. So shout out to Jackson Lee. He plugged Yo, it. You shout, know? Out to, shout out to him, man, because uh, yeah. that that was the icing on the, on, on the cake right there, man, you know, for for you to actually dedicate a song to Spike and, like you said, to your father, man, but to actually have – the legend, the one and only Spike Lee in the video, man. I always thought that was 
that was a man. Shout out to Talib, man. He killed it. He killed. He killed it. Yeah, man. you know the crazy thing when we did the video, I remember on set, Spike was like, "Yo," he was like, "Yo, mad love," and you know the whole deal and everything was great. And then he, we did it at uh, at the Forty Acres offices, and he was like, "Yo, man, you know I I never really do videos for people." He was like, "You know I did the Public Enemy joint back in the day, obviously, whatever, whatever." I was just about to say, yeah. But he was like, "You know I never really do videos for people." He was like, yeah. "This is probably the last one I'm gonna do," and I was like, "Word up." Yeah, and like I, I don't yeah. think I've seen it one since. Nah, nah, he was, he was like, yeah, this, probably, this probably be the last one I do. I was yeah, like, where yeah. Yes, let's leave it at that. <laughs> hey, so, you yeah. know, so 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 man, we talk about Spike, man. Give me give me your top three, your top three Spike Lee uh, movies, right, man. Because because you you yeah. a movie from listening to your mo your music, man. You like me, man. You a mu a, a, a pop culture. Uh, uh, buff man, you, you're very yeah. knowledgeable as far as pop culture and your your movie buff man. So give me your top three Spike movies. Oh man, do the right thing, Mo better, and for the third one, I mean I love them all. So they all so near and dear to me. Um, for the third one, we go Malcolm X for sure. But my favorite movie, my three favorite movies, regardless of director and all that, are uh, do the right thing, Mo Better Blues, and uh, Goodfellas. So off okay. the rip, two of them is right there from him. You know yeah. what I mean? So, but yeah, my Spike third, is. just talking Spike, will be Malcolm He's X. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Nah, yeah. You, you, you listening to your music, man. It's like you know that's one thing I enjoy about you, man, because you're one of those artists, man, that balance. You know that that you know um, street literature, and as far as being able to talk about things that actually goes on. Um, you know, within within the world, man, you're, you're, you're very yeah. diverse, man. Now, coming out as an artist, man, was this something that was intentional, man? Because you could have went different ways, man. Being from Brooklyn, there's a lot of different MCs from uh, Brooklyn. There's, you know, there's a lot of different MCs, period, man. But you chose a certain lane and you have been consistent in that lane, man. So was this was this, you know, was this intentional? Yeah, hundred percent. You know, it's it's who I am. You know, um, I'm a guy who I grew up around the way. I was outside every single day. Couldn't get me to come in the house. My friends was doing X, Y, Z. I was right there with them. You know, but at the same time, I wasn't getting my hands dirty with them like that. I was privy to it. I knew what was what. I knew who was who and, and what was what. And, and those were right, my right. best friends. We was all getting looked at the same way by the police, whether you was dirty or not. You know, I was there. But at the same time, I went to school and was AP English. So you got these two vast, vastly different worlds and you put them together. You know, I never went to school in my neighborhood ever. Everybody wow. in my blocks that I grew up with, I never was in a classroom with them. Now, whose, decision, like, whose, whose decision was that? Was that yours or your parents? No, nah, I was my parents. That was my parents. You know, as a kid, I hated it. You know what I mean? Like, I hated it because the whole neighborhood went to the school around the corner, and yeah. I went to school 40 minutes away on the train. You okay. know what I mean? Like, I hated it. It was, like, <laughs> it was like two different worlds. I come home, and I'm with my peoples, and then I'm in school, and I'm with my peoples. It was two different sets of peoples. You know what I mean? But now... It was the greatest thing that could have happened, you know, because my life could have been a lot different. You know, as much as I love my friends and, and I'm there for them all the time and it's true love and they my family, you know, situations were so wild. Mm. I could have been in the same situation with some of them. You know what I mean? Some mm. of them made, some of them didn't. You know, no. most of my friends is jammed. Most of my friends is in the joint 
or been in the joint multiple times or ain't here no more. They in a box, you know, like those is my friends, you know what I'm saying? And I could have been sharing the space with them, you know, but thank God I did. And a lot of that is because I had both of my parents actually had three parents because I got two moms, you know, my pops got married later. So I got a stepmom, but I don't call a step like that's my second mom. So I had three parents growing up and I went to certain schools. I went to schools where it wasn't all black. I went to school where it might have been a quarter black, you know, a quarter white, a quarter Spanish, a quarter Asian. You know, it was all that. So I learned different things and I was exposed to more. You know, I I was exposed to a lot more going to school on, you know, the lower, uh, you know, Low East Side or Stuyvesant Town or, you know, Chelsea and all that and, you know, Midtown, West Side mm-hmm. and all that. You know, I know these New York places you may or may not be privy to. Yeah, but no, I, heard, I, heard, I heard some of those places. Yeah, like different neighborhoods where you got different people. You know what yeah, I mean? Yeah. When I was in the hood, it would have just been the hood in there. You know what I mean? <laughs> yeah, that, yeah. that was the difference. So just so going that's, huh? So basically that's where it comes from, man, because like yeah, I said, when yeah. I listen when I listen to your music, man, like, you know, you're, you're so unique as far as you're able to jump in the lanes with the Conways and the Sean Prices and these guys that most people consider like real grimy mm-hmm. street hip hop, but then you're able to finesse it and, you know, you can do something with the Rhapsody or you could do something with, you know, you could, you could flow nice on a, on a knife bead or, mm-hmm. you know, you, you have this, you know, you can go in, in, in both worlds, man. And, yeah. and you do it so effortlessly. You know, uh, you're one of the few MCs, man, that seems like that's very respected in the streets and you're respected by, you know, um, uh, hip hop fans who who's not, you know, familiar yeah, with that. Bohemian, the nerd rap, the mainstream. And I appreciate you catching that because that's always been my goal, like being able to dance in all these different worlds, but not changing who I am. You know, people could dance in different worlds and change. Okay, if I do a record with with Meek and them, I'm gonna I'm be this guy. Then if I go do you a never do that, with Lord, I'm gonna be that guy. <laughs> yeah. if I go do a record with Drake, I'm gonna be that guy. Yeah. And, you know what yeah. I mean? like, if I do a record with all those types of people in those different lanes, yeah. yo, it's gonna still be me. Perfect example right. on music with my friends. You got uh, see a key with Jada Kiss. <laughs> We're talking about kilos, and the very next record is me and Black Thought and Bilal. And we're talking about all the money makes you happy. You know what I mean? Money money makes us happy. So those records come back back to back with one another. And it's like, damn, you're on a record like this with Jada, then you're on a record like that with Black Thought and Bilal. And on both records, I'm me. Yeah, I ain't have yeah. to say, I'm gonna go put on a hoodie here, then I'm yeah, gonna come yeah. here on a suit. Like, nah, like it's yeah. I'm doing the whole trip. And that's that's a huge part of my legacy and my story that I'm able to dance in all these different worlds, man, with all these different people and these yeah. different artists while being myself the whole time. And I think that's why all those different crowds gravitate towards me, even like with yeah. the ghostwriting stuff, like the people I'm in the room with that I'm ghostwriting with are some of the biggest artists in the world. Like not I, I'm and, not even surprised, brother, like you pink. Your pin game is, is nuts, bro. Yeah, it's not like people I be with when it comes to that, they're not some of the biggest people at the moment. They're some of the biggest people ever. You know what I mean? And these are people that I'm pinning for and I'm working with and I'm doing things with and you would never know. So I'm at this spot and the house is 25 mil and the studio is 10 mil and they got chefs and waiters bringing you this, that and the party yeah, yeah. got all the millionaires in the world after we in yeah. the studio recording and it's 
unlimited paper and you're sitting in the wrafe and all that. <laughs> I get back to my, you know, my quote unquote underground shit the next day. And I'm and I'm in these worlds juggling and dancing back and forth. And the whole time I'm me. The whole time I'm guys who I'm not. Well, I got to be this guy now. I got to be that guy. Now. Nah, I'm me. And that that's a big part of it. I peeped that, man. I, one thing I, I love that about you, man, you know, that you, like I said, man, you're a unicorn when it comes to that, man. So, look, I want to move on, man. Um, 2014, man, um, you you release a project with one of my favorite MCs, another underrated brother, man, the brother Torrey, man, with this Barrel Brothers, man. Yeah. Can you talk to me? Just give me a little brief synopsis, man, of the making of that project and what led you to linking up with this brother and creating a, this this classic, man. Thank you. Thank you. Yeah, that's my bro, man. That's family, like outside of the music. You know what I mean? We met through the music, but it obviously became way more than that. Uh, Tor and I met in like 05. And uh, I don't even know how we met. Oh, it was Sean Don. It was through Sean Don. So he plugged us, um, you know, because we was working on a song for his mixtape. We both was featured on it. And he introduced us and whatever, whatever. And we, we got real cool right away. Same energy. He a couple years older than me, but same energy, same vibe same morals when it comes to the music both from brooklyn you know all that and we clicked right away and we just started running around together all the time like he got a show i go i got a show he go you know and we just started vibing and doing records and then if i was putting out a tape he got to be on it if he put out a tape i gotta be it just became a red and that type of thing you know yeah, yeah. Was like that's my man right there and then we got real real tight and uh we had done so much work over the years this single, that single, this feature, that feature. We toured together a couple times. People was asking for a record. So I remember the way that came about. 2009, I toured with Ghostface. And mm. um, it was my first tour ever off the okay. South East. Someone toured with Ghostface and tour came with me. Torrey came with me. And, uh, you know, he kind of helped with some things, you know, as far as like holding me down. It was more like not right, being... Right. Rapper to a Ray just holding me down. And of course, he would get some burn on stage and we would rock and everything was great. Yeah. So we we in man, we in Indiana or somewhere. We had some city after the show. Somebody comes up and wants to meet us and show love and all those good things. And they say, Yo, when is when is Bow Brothers coming out? And we said, What the hell is Bauer Brothers? What are you talking yeah, about? I was about to say right. <laughs> 2009. What are you talking about? What's Bauer Brothers? He pulls out his Blackberry. That's how long we going back. Pulls out his Blackberry <laughs> and goes to my Wikipedia page. And on my Wikipedia What is that? You know what I mean? Did it cut off? Yeah, it cut off for a second ago. You said your Wikipedia page. I'll bring it back. So he pulls out his Blackberry and he goes to my Wikipedia page and he scrolls and it shows upcoming projects. And it says, Bauer mm -hmm. Brothers with Torrey. And I was like, what? Okay. Like, me and Tor looked at each other like, what the hell is that? Like, So somebody went on my Wikipedia page and added that. Oh, and we crazy. was like, what the fuck is that? Like, yeah, and you yeah. know, cause he did double barrel with Marco. Yeah. So that's what- Marco, Marco, Marco Polo. Polo. Oh, right. shit. With Marco Polo. So that's where they got the barrel from. Yeah. And we was like, what the fuck is Bauer Brothers? So we left, we was like, yo, that's that's not real, man. Like we was laughing. We was like, yo, bro, that's not real. I don't know who did that. So a year <laughs> later, 2010, I'm working on live from the tape deck with Ilmine. And um, 
I was like, yo, Toy, yo, we got to do a joint. Let's do a back and forth Jada Styles type mm. joint. He was okay. like, yeah, yeah, no doubt. So he came through. We did the joint. We wrote the joint together on the spot, writing back and forth, boom, boom, boom. We recorded it. And at the end of the record, before I, before I wrote the hook, I said, yo, we're going to call the joint Battle Brothers. Yeah. So he bust out laughing. He was like, yo, you know you're going to fuck the internet up. People going, like, you know that Wikipedia shit from last year. <laughs> you're going to keep this going, huh? I was like, yeah, fuck it. Like, let's play with him. Fuck it. Yeah. We had no plans of doing it. I was, like, yeah. I was like, yeah, fuck it. Let's just play with him. Let, let's, yeah. let's, let's just play with him. Yeah. So we called the joint Battle Brothers. So yeah. now everybody's ready. Everybody's like, yo, Battle Brothers, Battle Brothers. So every time we would do a show or something, people would be like, yo, what's up with Battle Brothers? So in 2012 or 13, we did A3C. We did it together. And didn't even tell them I was going to say this. But at the end of the show... I said, oh, and by the way, Battle Brothers is coming next year. And everybody's like, yo. <laughs> so when we got off stage, tour, it was like, oh, so we doing Battle Brothers? And I was like, yeah, fuck it, let's do it. You know what I mean? Yeah. So like, I kind of just threw it out there. I was like, oh, by you the way. You pulled the, you pulled the Sean Price move. Yeah. So then, um, <laughs> you know, then we started working. So we started working. And um, man, that was such a fun album to make. You know, yeah. we, I just wanted us to do like, let's just go off. Let's go off. All over. Talk, it. talk, talk, talk. Hold on, hold on, hold on, brother. That project, man. This is what I'm saying, man. See, I, 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 this, this interview, man, is is based on around, based on like about five projects. Right. Because I can't talk about your entire catalog, like man. Because, five of them. There's like yo, your, your yeah. catalog, bro, is so ridiculous, man. Like when you release all this music, do you ever think like like the consistency that you put out music brother like yeah it's i've never seen anything like this brother like it's yeah. it's it's crazy bro like it's really hard to say my favorite skazoo song like no my favorite skazoo project man you want to ghostface is my favorite mc of all time nice and i put you up there man with got with the you know as far as in my lifetime or you know guys of my era yeah. Brother, you and my you 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 and my top five man. This guy's that's as nice as you, but I can't say nobody's better. Thank you. And now now when we talking catalogs, brother, nah, it's, no, it's, nobody. It's, oh, I'm, it's, I'm it's, it's crazy. It's it's like let me just say this. Yeah, like with Ghostface, man. When I listen to your your a, a song from Scott, I can't listen to us. I got I got to listen to the whole album, brother. Yeah, I listen to the whole album. Nah, thank you, thank you, man. You know when it, yeah, when it comes to the catalog, like nah, no, no, nobody, nobody can see it, man. Because like you said, it's just, and that's not me being funny. No, I'm glad you said that, man. Say you know, because you know, you know what it is. It's like you said, the consistency that I'm proud to be able to say that I've I've been able to give y'all. You know what I mean? It's like shit, bro. It's a lot of times. A lot of times we got favorite artists, and we'll be like, yo, I grew up on so and so, man. Yo, son is so great. Yeah, but that third album or that fifth album, yeah, I wasn't really rocking. My goal was you never gonna say that about me. Never. And you accomplished that. <laughs> hey, I was like, yeah, you never gonna say that about me. Like you because, that. <laughs> because when you when you listening to them guys and you love those guys so much, whoever it may be, yeah. you love those artists so much, you wish that there weren't no bad games, right? So what would happen if you never had a bad game or you never had a bad season? That's yeah. what I set up to accomplish. It's just my name is on every record that I make. So I don't want it to be like you got all these records and yeah, that, that one wasn't really rocking, but that next one was crazy. 
The next one was crazy. Yeah, that one was all right. Then the last yeah. one, yeah, nah. It's gonna be a debate on what's better. Yo, this one, nah, but yo, this yeah. one, yo, that yeah. one, this one, you know, like that's yeah. the beauty of it. Like people will sit there, you got some people that they favorite album is uh Dream Deferred, some people favorite album is Cloud Nine, some people favorite album is Easy Truth, some people favorite album is Celebration of Us. That's what you want. You know what I mean? If everybody's favorite album is one album, you ain't really doing it. But Man, I never thought about it like that. Album is a different album. If you look at one album, and this is for any artist, if you take one album, if everybody's favorite song is one song, you got one song. But if everybody's Man. favorite song is a different song, yo, my favorite song is track three. My favorite is track 10. Yo, my favorite is track five. Yeah, now yeah. you got an album. Because everybody is sick, everything is great. Because everybody Bro. can't decide. It's like going Bro. to a restaurant. Every dish on the menu, yeah. people love. As opposed yeah. to if you go to that spot, only get the chicken and waffles because that's the, the great shit. All the rest right, of that, right. shit. you get to toss nah, the rest. You want to be like, yo, if you get this, you good. If you get that, you good. If you get, no matter what you get off that menu, you good. That's what you want. Bro, you like the most confident, humble MC I've ever seen, bro. Like. Thank you, man. For you to put out the catalog that you, and I say that, man, because, bro, if anybody deserved to talk their shit, brother, it's you, bro. I'm going to be honest, <laughs> yeah. man. You're, 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 like, yeah. again, man, your catalog, bro, you set a very high standard, man. And yeah. I, I say that because do it, does it ever get to a time where you're like, you know, when you go through writer's block, man, when you feel like, man, I don't know if I can, I can go this high, you know, I don't know if I, I can duplicate music for my friends or celebration right. for us or because you seem to just the, the, the consistency is just it's unbelievable, brother. Thank you. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, any any artist who tells you they don't get writer's block is lying. Right. Like we all do. You know, just like Braun may go out tomorrow and, and get you 12 points, three rebounds. Like anybody who tell you you don't get, they don't get right as block as lying. So of course I get it sometimes once in a while. Um, you just got to take a step back. You know, people ask me all the time, Scott, what do you do when you get right as block? You know, is there any advice you can give me as a writer? And for me, I take a step back. And what I do, I go back and listen to the stuff that made me want to get busy in the first place. I listen to some of the greats, some of my favorite old stuff. Like I don't mm. I'm not get writer's block and turn on the stuff that's happening now. Like, nah, I'll go back to, you know, Illmatic, you know, uh, J stuff, big stuff, you know, Raekwon stuff, 3000 stuff, whatever, you know, Devin the dude, like I'll go back to some of the stuff that some of my favorite stuff that I grew up on and that'll kind of get my fire burning again. And, and I'll be able to go after a day or two. But um, I don't feel pressure from, people in the industry and the game and the fans if there's any pressure to one up what i've done it's within myself like i will listen to stuff and be like man i clapped this up man i gotta come with it on this next one you know what i mean like you know i feel that way about in celebration of us i'm like Yo, I, I clapped this up crazy or you know i'll listen to whatever all my stuff you know what i mean i'll listen back to certain things and be like oh man i went bananas on this i'll i'll listen to the penny series and be like Yo, i was losing it on this record man i was losing it on this freestyle Yo, i gotta yeah, I gotta go with. That. I gotta hit that that bag again. That's what I'm you know talking I mean? about, man. These are projects that we could be on here all day, man. I can't, bro. The consistency, brother, is scary. It's alien shit, bro. Like what you Thanks, what you've accomplished, man. These past twelve years, brother. And when I say I listen to, and I love Jay Z, man. He's my he's to me he's the 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 greatest rapper of all time. He's not my favorite, 
but I would say he's the greatest rapper of all time. Yeah, there's a difference. Somebody could not be your favorite, but still be the greatest. Absolutely. Yeah, yeah. I, you know, you you want to um, encompass, you know, everything that somebody accomplished and music and all that. But anyway, what I'm saying is, man, when I think of Jay Z and and the, and the things that he accomplished and the consistency in his catalog, and then I I hear you, man. It's just it, you. It seemed like, brother, you. Are like the blue collar version of Jay Z, and when and, and, I, and yeah, I, I've been getting that for years. Is, is, is that a, is that a, is that is Not that cool. a, I'm, I'm, I'm okay, okay, okay. I've been getting that forever, man. People, <laughs> all right. me, I mean, I, I didn't are, want to, it's, I didn't want to make that. Say, I didn't, I, I oh, hope nah, that was nah, like or anything like that. You good, man? Nah, if somebody call you, you know, you the closest thing to Michael Jordan, or you, you, you our version of Michael Jordan, or you the next Mike. I mean, yeah, you can't. You can't feel mad. You you can't feel bad about that, and that's that's who Son is when it comes to this. Son is Mike. You know what I mean? So you know, um, I've been getting that forever. People was like, "Yo, you the closest thing to the new Jay. You the new Jay. You the underground version of Jay. You our version of Jay." I've been getting that forever, and I'm I'm with that. Like that's I don't strive for that. I don't go in the booth like I gotta be Jay. Like hell no, I'm gonna be me. You know what I mean? But if my level of my craft makes you feel that way not oh he sounds like jay no 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 no. it's yo he's that kind of great he's that kind of guy when it comes it's to the, the music it's or the he's feeling, the feeling man. like you said or he makes me feel that way or yo man the way mike would hit him with that and cross and step back boom oh. and the way mike will give you 30 at any given yo this yeah. kid 30 at any given yeah. it don't mean you play like mike it mean you got that ability to bust ass the same way like yo yeah, Mike yeah. Give you 30 40 on any night yeah, yo this yeah. new kid he gave you 30 40 any night like that's yeah. that's the equivalent to that yeah. and i'm honored by that i'm, I'm super honored by that that's all love yeah nah nah man this is like i said man i'm glad i had the opportunity to even tell you that brother because ah, you know you, since i've been listening to you man the past we talking 13 14 years man brother your music has been like the soundtrack of my life man of my adult you know i'm i'm, I'm me and you only a year. I'm only a year. We're a year apart. I'm a year older. Than you. I know you just celebrated a birthday at um the 24th. I'm a Capricorn. I just my birthday two days ago. Oh man, but, um, thank you, thank you, brother. Um, yeah. but I say that man because Jay-Z, his music represented my it was the soundtrack of my my youth as far as childhood. being a teenager Absolutely. and my childhood. And you know, but your music has been like the soundtrack of my adulthood as I'm becoming a father. And becoming, you know, a man, and you know, uh, uh, getting, you know, uh, uh, res responsibilities and things of that Bro. nature, man. And but the thing I love about you, man, is that you're able. When I talk about the feeling that you give me, as far as the music and how it uh, correlates to what Jay Z does, it's like when I mean the the blue collar version. Bro, you got you 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 give us the swag, you give us the suave, you give us the pop culture reference. But you come, you come at it, and you come with it from a humble perspective. Yeah. You know, you do it with it with in a, such a unique way that yeah. it's not demeaning anyone. And not saying that Jay does that because I don't really feel yeah. he does that. But it's just it's a way that's just much more relatable. Yeah, I was just going to say that because you know I don't I don't have what he has. Like you know, I'm like I'm doing. And I, I didn't want to bring that up. Right, right, right. No, no. Yeah, you know it, it's the reason why you feel that way is because you feel the relatability because you know, I don't have what son has. I mean, I'm, I'm doing great. I own my house. Right. I own yeah. cars, straight cash. 
you know, I haven't had a quote unquote real job in 16 years, 15, something like You're that. You're winning. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, I'm good. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? I do whatever I want all day as long as I yeah. do some music shit. I'm good. Publishing checks yeah. roll. Everything's great. Yeah. But I don't. You know, I don't got what son got. Who does? You know what I mean? Like, but, but the thing uh, is, we don't, I don't care though. The but, music. Because the reason why you're able to relate is because I'm not talking that life that he talked because that's not my life. Now, if it was my life, I might talk that a little more. If I was French Riviera and yachts and all that, I might. And yeah, I've been on some yachts and all that. But if that was my yeah, everyday yeah, yeah. life, I would talk that a little more. I talk my everyday life, you know what I mean? So that's why you feel like you may be able to relate to me a little bit more, but it doesn't take away from the way that you feel about his greatness and, and how he raised us both. Cause I mean, you can't listen to my music and, and say that he ain't have an influence and, and an impact on me. Of course he did. You know what I mean? Like I'd be lying if I said otherwise, you know, he influenced me, Nas influenced me, big influenced me. Like those guys raised me, you know what I mean? And, and um, I'd be lying if I said otherwise. So I'm proud of that. You know, I'm, I'm super proud of that. And it, I appreciate you feeling the way you feel. Nah, it's just, you know, and I, I don't want to be on this subject too long, man, because I, you know, want to wrap it up. But one one thing I I, I, I want to say, man, is when you, when I listen to your music, man, it, it takes me to a place where I feel like, it takes me to a place, man, where I feel like it, it's inspiring. Like, you don't talk at me. You don't talk at the listener. Right. Even when, you know, you got a song with West Side Gun, when you talk about luxury, there's always messages and everything in, in, in all of the, the projects, man. And yeah. even when you're talking about, you know, excess wealth or things that's of uh, a greater magnitude as far as, um, you know, uh, monetary wealth and things of that nature, it just doesn't seem like you're beating us on the head. It just it just comes from. Yeah, I'm not. I'm not sunning nobody. Yeah, like, man. There you go. Like, uh -huh. You know, what I mean, I'm not sunning nobody. Like, I'm yeah. just talking about what's going on, and I'm showing. You know, my music is showing both sides of everything, and, and yeah. what it is, and what it was, and what it could be, and why it's this way, but then why it's that way. Like, I've always looked at my music as a a big sociology project. You know, when yeah. I was in college, when I was in college, um, I went to school to be a writer. Uh, funny thing is, I actually started for medicine. I went to school to be a dentist. A lot of people don't know that. I went to school to be Sorry. a dentist, but wow. I wasn't into it. I wasn't into it. And, um, you know, writing was always my heart. You know, I've been a writer since before I was rhyming. So wow. I was AP English my whole life. Why would I be in science classes? English, right. you know what I mean? So <laughs> um, I went for that, but I wasn't really into it. And I It looked like it stopped again. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Can you, can you just run it back from what you was last saying? Yeah, I'll go back yeah, to it. Yeah. yeah. So, I'm going to add all this shit. I'm going to add all this shit. Yeah. I grew up AP English, so why would I be in science classes? You know what I mean? So, you know, I went to school to be a dentist at first, but after like one semester, maybe two, I was like, yeah, I'm out. Like, I, I switched off into English and all that, which was right up my lane. But they make you take all these other classes just to fill up the day took psychology, took this, took that, and I took sociology, and I fell in love with it. I had never really dug into what sociology was. I mean, I knew what it meant, of course, but I never really got into the meat and potatoes of it, and I loved it. I was like, yo, this is what I do in my music. I talk about what's going on in the urban environment and why it's the way it is, and sociology. Mm -hmm. And um, 
my music is just a big ass sociology project. And I love that. My music is about what's going on, why it's that way here versus over there. Or if we only look at one community or one side of the fence even, okay, let's talk about just the urban environment as opposed to comparing the urban environment with the other side of the affluent middle class, upper middle class. All right, cool, let's talk about the urban environment. Why is it that I'm here and my friends is here, but we grew up next door to each other. We was outside every day. We was doing the same things. We were splitting a turkey and cheese hero together every day. We did all the same shit. Why am I here? Or why is this happening versus that happening? Or why? Okay, well, let's get into that. And that's what my music is about, you know? And it always will be because I'm fascinated by the way the world works when it comes to that part of it. Like, it fascinates me that it's something that probably will never be solved, no matter who's in power or who's in position or what's going on. It's extremely fascinating to me. And, and I it fuels a lot of my life. It, it's why, you know, I moved, you know? Um, I've, I've been down in Atlanta for two years now. You know, it's why I moved because once I had my son, I wanted to provide a different life, you know? Okay. So soon as he was on the way, we bust a move. I was like, yo, we out, you know? And, and we moved to Atlanta and I bought a house, boom, boom, boom. And I'm in the A now because it's a different experience in the suburbs of Atlanta than it is in Bed-Stuy and Crown Heights, Brooklyn or Southside Jamaica. Yeah. Right. All that comes from knowing what sociology breaks down and being from where I'm from and, and wanting to do different things for my family and for my seed right. and all that. Like, nah, let's do that. So, you know, it's all a reflection of it. Okay. That's dope, man. So look, I want to, I want to talk, move, move, move along, man. I want to talk about, this is my favorite project. I think you already know what I'm about to say. And I, I know you, I know you mentioned, you said a lot of, a lot of fans say this project is their favorite in this one, but I'm gonna be honest, man, brother. This is not my one of my favorite Sky Zoo projects. This is one of my favorite hip hop projects, period, brother. Mm. In my top ten of all time. Oh man, music for my friends, brother. Okay, word up. I've, I've, been, waiting, I've been waiting seven. What, what we? What's this? 2021. I've been waiting six years, man, to, yeah. to to talk about this project, man. Tell me about the inspiration for one of the greatest hip-hop albums ever made brother thank you thank you bro oh man um man i just just bringing it back to you know like i said the sociology aspect um for me i started thinking about why we move the way we move as a people as black folk in the city urban environments the hood quote unquote and i thought about the most impressionable age which is like 13 years old you know they say you you learn all of your your motor skills and coping on four five years old but the age that you really start figuring this shit out and whatever you're gonna become in life as a man or a woman Mm. happens when you're around 13. like that's That's facts bro i couldn't hold that in brother i couldn't hold it in but that's facts bro because here's the thing right like (laughs) When you, when you turn 13, when you're around that age, yeah. your voice start changing a little bit, yeah. start getting a little hair, whatever that, or if you're a woman, you start developing a little bit, yeah. you know, your responsibilities increase. Mm-hmm. You look mm-hmm. at a different way walking down the street by police. You're not a little five, 10 year old kid no more. Right. You yeah. look at as somebody who may be able to fight back a little bit if the police think something is on. So now they're going to really treat you a certain way, but you're still a kid, right? Like, you're 13, 
you see a little girl with a little body in your class and you you having these thoughts like a man yeah, but yeah. you're still writing a christmas list to your parents on <laughs> you're writing a wish list right yeah. like, you know you're getting told take out the garbage or iron your clothes or do the dishes but your voice is changing and you pick up the phone and you sound like a man there's all this confusion yeah, yeah, yeah. i miss well i thought i was a man i thought i was becoming a man but i still feel like a kid there's right. all this middle ground confusion when you're about 13. So I think that at that age, you also, you know, you started to develop your tastes, like a, a, a taste for different things, whether it's music, whether yeah. it's culture, whether it's and, women. And who you going to become? Start. Yeah. That's when that seed starts growing, you know, and um, I wanted to talk about that. I wanted to really hone in on being 13 years old and the stories and the things that happened on there are really shit that happened to my friends and I. And that's why on the project. You hear all my friends doing drops. You know what I mean? Like I just no, those are those are real friends of yours. Yeah, yeah, those are my yeah. real friends. Like yeah. I just woke up one day with this idea of, yeah. yo, when you have mixtape DJs or celebs do drops, what if I have my friends do drops on my mm. album? That would be nuts. You know what I mean? Like yeah, yeah, I, yeah. I was calling my friends like, yo, come to the lab tomorrow. All right, all right, I'm with you. Yo, come to the lab. You know I'm outside. All right, just come to the lab. You go back outside. All right, cool, cool, cool. You know, whatever. Like, those are my friends. Like, some of those guys did bids. Some of those guys was dirty when they came to the lab. Whatever, whatever, whatever. Those are my friends. And I was like, yo, come through. I mean, you hear me talk about A on every album. A's my best friend in the world. That's my brother. He got a drop on it. I was like, yo, son, come to the lab tomorrow. All right, cool. Come to the lab, whatever. You know what I mean? Like, those are my real friends who did drops, you know? it really was about what was going on with my friends and I. And um, yeah, it's, it's, it's beautiful, man. It's definitely beautiful album. I love that album. I love the artwork, man. Um, you know, shout out to Chris Murray who did it. I uh, love the artwork and it all just came together. Right, man. You know, it was the first time people, a lot of people heard Wes, you know what I mean? And, and, you know, a lot of that stuff was a great time. Yeah. yeah I remember, you know, the song, you know, with so many great songs on it. Luxury. We got Sia Key, Woman who can cook, um, you know my favorite, the standout song on there is that introduced me to the brother who introduced me to you as far as putting this interview together, Scott Ogbar, man, and I, I, I bring him up, I bring him up, man, because early you mentioned like, you know, you don't really go by, you know, the numbers and popularity if you rocking with somebody, and I'm paraphrasing what you're saying, yeah, yeah, <laughs> but you if you if you fuck with somebody, you don't have no problem putting them on. And, right. you know, at that time, man, I've heard of Scott. He's from the early, you know, he's from Baltimore, from D.C. Yeah. I heard of him before, but I'm going to be honest, man, hearing him on that on that song, that's when I instantly became a fan, man. So, you know, how was it, man, linking up with that brother, man? And just, you know, just talk about some of the, you know, some of the, 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 the songs on that project, man, like, you yeah. know, Woman That Could Cook, but... Uh, shout out to Scott, man. Talk about how you yeah, how that's, you linked up that's with Scott. my bro, man. Shout out to my man Scott, boy. That's my bro. It's funny we actually got the same birthday, so that that's like my my fake twin. You know what I mean? Like we got the same birthday. Oh shit! Yeah, but we, um, uh, Christmas Eve babies. Christmas Eve, yeah. So um, <laughs> I met Scott in like 09, 2010 through my homegirl Poker. That's like my sister, and um, she was cool with him from being in Baltimore and all that. We just got super cool. So. I got this thing where like I won't do a show in Baltimore unless he could open. You know what I mean? Like anytime I get booked in B more, yeah. B 
they know I be like, yo, I, I need a spot for my man. You know what I mean? And, hold on, let me let me get the plug for this computer. Nah, go ahead, do your thing. I'll bring it back so you can edit it. Mm-hmm. There you go. Yeah, All right. So yeah. I got this thing where like anytime I do a show in Baltimore, I gotta get an opening spot for my man. Like my man gotta go on right before me. That's just what it is. He's from the town, he's from east side. He's plugged out there, connected, and that's my man. So, yeah, I'm going to hold it down. So, you know, the only time he don't do it is if he can't, if he's busy that night or whatever. Otherwise, I'll be like, yo, bro, I'm going to be in town next month doing a show. Yo, you on the bill. I bet. You know what I'm saying? Like, it's love always. So, fast forward, um, you know, he holds me down out there with whatever I need, and that's family. And when I did the record, asking Bodie for a package, it only makes sense. You know what I mean? If you know I'm I'm a super-duper wirehead, you know what I mean? I'm actually binging, I'm actually binging it right now for like the 30th yeah. time, but I'm actually in the middle of season four right now. What's your favorite um, season? Real quick, real quick. What's your favorite season for the four, Wire, man? Without a doubt, four. I tell everybody, four is the best season. Nah, four, hey, four, four, is the greatest, four is some of the greatest writing in literature history, no matter what Facts. realm Facts. of writing, whether it's, you know, uh, books, novels, whether it's television, yeah. playwrights, movies. There's not... Yeah. Anything that can compete with the writing on season four, yeah, it's out of yeah. control, man. It's it's scary good. It's, like it's nuts. It's, it, nuts. it's out of like I don't know how you one up that. It's like an album. Yeah. Like, you yeah. can't. That. You know what I mean? Like yo, it's, four, it's, four, it's, four. It's, it, the season that followed it was really good, but season four set the stance, set the bar so high yeah. that it kind of really it made it kind of look like a disappointment a little bit, man. But when you look at it now, you yeah. can't really say that. But four was just that right. good. Nah, four, four was four was so good. Like it, it, it was painfully good. Pause. Like it was a different experience. You know what I mean? Like exactly. four, four was crazy. But anyway, so um, it just made sense. You know, I had the idea for the record, asking Bodie for a package. You know, you look at on the show they were supposed to be like thirteen years old. You outside getting busy at thirteen. You being forced into that life. That's a reality for a lot of thirteen year olds, and some of them was my friends. So you know um. It made sense from the concept angle that I was talking about. And then when I did it, I was like, well, I got to get scar on this. You know what I mean? Like, he from there. You know, it just I'm makes sense. You know what I mean? So I was like, yeah, let's do it. So I hit him. I think my deadline was kind of crazy. And he did it. Um, He did it, like, overnight. I was like, yo, bro, like, my, I hate to do this to you. This is the last record I did on the album. My deadline is nuts, though. I got to turn this in by, like, tomorrow night. Mm. And he I'm gonna go to the lab today, and you know he went to the lab that day and did it and sent it back, and everything was great. That's the, that's what's up, man. So look, I'm you know on that you mentioned you know one of the, that um, luxury was was a lot of people's first time hearing West Side Gun, yeah. and you know I remember hearing him. I remember him. I've been hearing the name a little bit West Side Gun and Conway and this, but it you know it really stood out to me on that project. Um, yeah. How did you guys link up? And you know, because I, you know, later on, I remember you did. Um, you was on his uh project, the uh, the flag But mm-hmm. so, how did y'all? How, how did you, uh, you guys, uh, you know, build and 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 you know, as you guys continue to do music, how did y'all, you know, link up? I met Wes in 2014. Uh, 2014, he emailed me just randomly. I think somebody wanted to book me for a show in Buffalo. Yeah. And maybe he was a part of it or involved with it. I don't remember. But um, he emailed me. Yo, peace. My name is West Side Gun. Blah, 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 blah. I got some people trying to put together a show. Wanted to figure it out. I was like, yeah, let me know. You know, we could figure some things out. 
And he was like, yo, also, you know, I, I'm, I'm an artist. You know, I would love to build with you. And then we was going back and forth on the email a little bit for a while. And I was like, ah, yeah, let's build. Boom, boom, boom. And I was like, yo, um, I'm going to be in Atlanta for A3C next week. But then after that, I'll kind of be around. He was like, yo, I'm going to be there too. So I was like, I bet. Let's just meet there. Let's let's connect when we there. So gave him my math or whatever. And we met, you know, at uh, A3C. And, you know, I went to the lab with him. He took me to the lab and he was playing some joints or whatever. He, he um was playing some beats. And uh, he had this one beat. And um, Monk did it. Camouflage Monk did it. Camouflage, yeah. And, um, and we did it on the spot. And that mm. became Rolex. That became this joint called Rolex. Mm -hmm. so like, oh, you know, I'm gonna put it on my next project. And Hitler wears Hermes three. I was like, all right, word, word. And when I was leaving, Derringer gave me a CD. He was like, yo, yo, that take that, take that with you. That's some of my, our latest work. And it was Hitler wears Hermes two. I was like, all right, cool. I took the CD. A week later, I'm going to Yonkers to do see a key with Jadakiss. So if you know Brooklyn to Yonkers, it's like an hour drive easily. It's like a good hour. Damn. So yeah, it's a little. You gotta go past the Bronx and all that. It's, it's from Brooklyn. It's about an hour. Traffic, whatever, whatever. It's about an hour. So I was like, yo, on the drive, I'm gonna listen to Money Joint. I'm gonna listen to his joint the whole way there, the whole way back. I want to check it out. And when I was listening to it, man, that Hitler too, it was just bananas. I was like, yo, this is insane. And I remember on the way back, I called him. And I was like, yo, bro, man, I just wanted to give you some love and just show you, like, the impact you have. And I was like, yo, this, this shit is nuts. And he was like, man, I appreciate that, man. I was like, I ain't even want to text you. I wanted to call you so you know it's real. Like, I ain't even want to text you. I wanted to call you and just give you that word. Like, yo, this shit is beautiful. I said, yo, you're making beautiful music, bro. Like, you really making some beautiful music. And he was like, man, the game is so funny style and so fake. I appreciate you being real and, and calling me and telling me that, man. You know, the game is funny and it's hard to get in. And he was like, you know, I appreciate that. And I was like, nah, no doubt. I said, yo, whatever you need from me, consider it done. He was like, yo, you'll be down to shoot the video for Rolex. I was like, absolutely. Like, let's do it. So he brought me out to Buffalo. Maybe a month or two later, he brought me out to Buffalo. And I spent the whole weekend in Buffalo. Man, he took me to the hood. He took me to the trap. <laughs> He took me to the pizza spot, Lenovo. He took me to the Olak uh, spot where we shot the video, the fish spot. He took me to the sandwich spot. We was on the corner. It was beautiful. He just took me everywhere. Like I had a yeah. Buffalo weekend crammed in. You know what I mean? It was crazy. And I met Conway and I met Benny and I, you know, I met all them on that trip. You know what I mean? And and um, I met all them out there and, you know, Fahim and, you know, all of them. Like I, I met all of them on that that weekend, and we was just running around crazy. Malek, my brother Malek, all of them. And um, yeah, you said Malek. You was talking about Malek, my bad brother. Yeah. So. You know, my brother Malek, you know, all of them was out there. And I met all of them in one big Buffalo weekend. And I was like, man, y'all motherfuckers mm -hmm. got something, man. I know it. Like, this is going to be crazy. And the love was dope, man. And, you know, he, Wes gave me uh one of the hoodies, you know, that everybody be going crazy for. He gave me – now I got, like, 30 different joints because that's my brother. Man, I just he, was got doing, he, he was doing merch back then? Back then, yeah. But it, it was it was new, so – you know, it wasn't what it is now, obviously, because it's a different thing now. But he he already was on that. He was already on that vision. 
he gave me one of the hoodies and all that. And I wore it a bunch of times on the gram right after that to show some love yeah. and everything. Yeah. And um, it was love and we just kept it going. So then fast forward, when I was working on music for my friends, when I did luxury, I just had this idea of somebody like him doing a hook. And mm. I likened it to when Method Man did the hook on Cream. Mm. Like, I mean, not, uh, not Cream, Ice Cream, I'm sorry. When Method Man did the hook on Ice Cream. And um, I was like, yo, the way he did that hook on Ice Cream, it was like you wanted him to rhyme, but even though he didn't rhyme, you still loved it because he did such right. a crazy hook and it yeah, made yeah. you look at him as yeah. a full-on artist and not just yeah, a dude yeah. with a hot birth. It made you look at him yeah. like a full-on artist. Yeah. And that's the vision I had. And I was like, yo, man, Wes got some beautiful music, man. I want these motherfuckers to know it. You know what I'm saying? And and I hit him and I was like, yo, bro, I got this joint. Would you be down to do the hook? And he was like, yeah, absolutely. And, you know, I sent it to him and, you know, we, we kind of wrote the hook together and right. then he, he rocked it out. You know, he started it as far as all the writing and then I wrote some of the stuff at the end on the hook yeah. and he knocked it out. And um, and it was great. And then we did the video and then boom, 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 boom fast forward and they out of here. You know what I mean? Like now, that, now, now that particular song, you you produced that one, didn't you? Yeah, me and Oman, me and Oman. What happened okay. was I had the idea for it and I called Oman and I was like, yo, bro, like I know this beat that I want to make. I got this vision in my head, but I don't know how to work the machinery. And I went mm -hmm. to his studio or whatever and then he just coached me on how to work it and what to do. And you know we put that together, so yeah. Okay, yeah, man. Um, like I said, I love I love that particular project, man. I want I want to move on, man. Like I said, I got a couple of more projects, and man, we gonna wrap this thing up. But yeah. I want to talk about I want to talk about what you just you know you just dropped. Um, I, I'm not gonna say you just dropped, but you did Retropolitan with Pete Rock. Um, yeah. Prior to that, man, you did the Easy Truth with Apollo Brown, two classics. But we go. I want to. I want to move it up to current, man. You know. So uh, just this past year, you know, you dropped a. Uh, you know, you dropped a project um, uh, with uh, Double Station. Yeah, the blue oh, is the bluest note, man. This is this project right here, man. I'm not gonna lie, brother. You you, you surprised me with this, man. T talk yeah. to me about uh, the bluest note, and talk to me about uh, Double Station, man. Uh, educate us a little bit about Double Station. Yeah, so um, I always wanted to do a jazz band project because I'm a jazz head. Everybody know. Talk about that, man. Talk about that. Yeah. Your, your love for jazz, man. I'm a jazz head, man. I listen to more jazz than hip hop. You know, literally like all day long, I listen to jazz. Jazz radio, jazz playlists on my phone that I create. Okay. I just I got tons of jazz vinyl. I look like a DJ or a jazz vinyl yeah, I got. Yeah. Um, yeah. You know, I'm just a jazz head, you know, so. Yeah. I always say, yo, I want to do a, a project with a, a full-on jazz band, like the Roots, like some Roots type shit. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. 2017 or 2018, something, I'm on mm -hmm. tour with Apollo. We in Europe. So we in Italy. This dude comes up to me at a show, introduces himself. Yo, you know, boom, boom, my name is Dom. I got a label out here in Italy. I got a jazz band. I would love to get you in the studio with them for an album. So my ears already went off. Like, oh, right, right, right. Like, I've been this is something I was bucket list. I've been thinking about this yeah, forever. Yeah, yeah. I was like, yo, man, take my math, boom, 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 boom. And you know, can you send me some of their stuff? So he was like, Yeah, he sent me um, sent me a link for their album. The group's called the band is called uh Dumbo Station. Mm -hmm. I pressed play and I loved it. I was like, yo, these kids is nuts. They nuts. Like, let's do it. 
So him and I started talking and whatever, whatever, whatever. And then I uh, I, I went to Italy for a week and we did the joint. We did it in about, I don't say about five days. We did the whole joint. Um, we did the whole thing in Italy together. And mm. I did a lot of co-production on the project where I would go to the instruments and tell them what to do. So okay. like I may come up with a drum idea and tell the drummer, yo, do this. Boom, 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 boom. All right, that, hey, that's yo. a producer. That's producer. Right. That's what Diddy do. It's Puffy shit. It's Quincy Jones shit. So I, I co-wrote a lot of the musical arrangements. I'll go to the bass and be like, yo, let's yeah. do it like this. I'll go to the keys. Yo, let's do it like that. I'll go to the sax. Yo, let's do it like that. You know, whatever, whatever. Yeah. And um, I wrote it all on the spot. You know me. I write everything on the spot. And it was dope. I just spent a week in Italy knocking out an EP with a jazz band, eating good, drinking good, oh, chilling knocking out music it was nice you know so i did that and it was a blast man i would love to do more but if i don't do any more jazz band projects i got that one you know it yeah. don't mean i won't do more i would love to do more i do 100 more but if i never do it again i got it out of my system and it was great okay see the reason why i brought, I brought up that project i know you did milestone i want to touch that's the last project i'm gonna touch on but um the reason why I brought that project, because I'm I'm also an avid jazz lover who who loves hip hop and and, and right. rhythm and blues. But um, it stood out to me, man, because I remember when you was advertising on your Instagram and Twitter. It's called the bluest note. So if if most people if 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 someone is most people are not familiar with the label the blue uh, uh blue note uh, record label. Mm -hmm. And so I at once, you know, so when you dropped it, brother, I thought you was like signs of blue note. Like, you know what I'm saying? <laughs> like, so I'm like, whoa, this is this is dope, man. But I always, yeah. you know, I follow you on Instagram, I follow you on Twitter, and you always have these dope playlists, man. Are you, by the way, you still doing that? Yeah, I haven't done it in a while just because I've been busy, man. You know, I've I, um had a lot going on trying to finish this new record and a couple things. Okay. But my people be hitting me all the time, like, yo, where's the playlist, bro? And I'm like, I know, I know, I know. It's a lot of work that goes into those, man. You know what I mean? Like, but I love it. I love it, man. I, I love it. And um, I need to get back on it. Um, I might try to whip up another one this week and get that going again. But yeah, I have a blast doing those, you know. I was looking forward to those every every Sunday, man. You you yeah. know, it was good, all it right. was refreshing, man, to see somebody else this shit. Because being in hip hop, man, you know, a lot of times, you know, we are so isolated from other genres you know a lot of uh you know artists and hip-hop and even the fans unfortunately are just not exposed to other coaches and other yeah. genres of music and when i see an artist like yourself not just being a casual lover of jazz you knowing guys like dexter gordon and lee yeah. morgan and you know like you said me lee, you, uh uh what you had this one uh line you saw uh lee morgan of the uh of the style like lee morgan of the style yeah i love yeah, lee morgan. Yeah, so I, I love lee morgan man yeah i love lee morgan man and i'm a huge dexter gordon fan i'm a i'm a huge jazz aficionado myself man so it yeah. was that's another reason man why i'm so glad to have you on the platform man just to let other people know man that it's other dope genres outside of hip-hop man and all of those genres help build hip-hop because Facts. you look at hip-hop Hip hop is the one genre that samples everything, right? Like yeah, we sample yeah. jazz, we sample soul, we sample pop, yeah. we sample rock, we sample yeah. blues, yeah. we sample everything. You know what I mean? And we turn it into hip hop, you know? Yeah. So if you love hip hop, you gotta be open-minded to other genres, yeah. whether you want to or not. Cause you could be yeah. listening to a record that samples 
the Beatles or samples heavy metal or samples, you, you know, Lee Morgan, yeah. Gordon, you know, John Coltrane, like, right, you, right. you got to be old. You're open minded without knowing it. If you're a hip hop. Yeah. I think a lot of times, man, you know, as, as the time goes on and, you know, a lot of times we don't, we as a people, and I, and I hate to say this, man, but we as black people, man, I don't think we do a really good job as far as preserving our culture and our legends, man. We're, like, the, worst We're the worst at it. We, we we should know who Lee Morgan and Dexter, you should know who John Coltrane is, man. You should know yeah. about Bitches Brew. Like, yeah, we got to do, do a better job at it. I think, for one, we yeah. take it for granted. For two, we're too concerned with what's the next cool and what's the next thing that we can be accepted by by everyone else who isn't right. us so we move forward quicker you know like we don't preserve it right and you're absolutely correct on that and we need to do a better job with that you know uh, nah, I, I mean, and like i said man i bring that up because the, you know my platform is it's called bridging the generations i'm trying to bridge the gap you know yeah. Bridge the generation as far as I want people to know about the Sky Zoos and the and the the West Side Guns and the Torrey, all these dope artists, um, these indie artists that you may not hear on the radio, but to me are like ten times better than the guys that are here on the radio. But then, yeah. you know, we should also know about the Kenneth Gambles and Leon Huffs and the Quincy Jones and you know, um, you know, Miles Davis and all these other great artists within the culture that we sample from. So uh, not to be on that too long, man, but it's great seeing an artist um, like yourself, man. It's one of the things where I see, I, I feel like you're, you're a unicorn. It's refreshing, you know? Thank you, bro. Thank you. Nah, nah. nah. So look, um, this last project, man, I want to talk about, man. And I believe this project came out before. I don't know if it came out before um, the bluest note or maybe after, but it, came out after. it was, uh, it was Father's Day weekend. Okay, okay, all right, all right. So I stand corrected, man. Um, I love this project, man. We talking about milestone, man. So yeah. this project really hits home, man. I want to hear your inspiration and tell me about how you came to develop this particular project, man, because this is another masterpiece right here, man. Thank you, thank you. Um, it's, it's one of the ones I'm most proud of, man, because of what it means and what it represents. The idea behind it, it started with one song. Uh, it started with uh, a song for fathers, which is obviously hard silver song for my father. Oof. You know, me flipping that. So it started with that. I always had the idea of redoing that record, doing a cover version, like a hip hop version of it, right, flipping right. it, chopping it, and all that. And I thought about the fact that when it came when it came to hip hop, there weren't a lot of records that spoke about fatherhood in a positive light. You know, you had Will Smith, just the two of us, which is incredible. You had Nas, Daughters, which is great. But even Daughters, he talks about how he dropped the ball at times. Facts. You know, I was on tour, and, and when I came home, you had condoms in your drawer. I should have been around more. Like, you know, all that type of stuff that he says on the record. Mm -hmm. So even though, that, even though it's a great record celebrating fatherhood with Daughters, he talks about how he dropped the ball and he could have been a better father. There was no record that was just thank you for being a great father. Thank you for being the best. You're amazing. Thank you for all you do for me. But there's a million mother's records. Dear Mama, I'll Always Love My Mama, Boys to Men, Mama. There's a million of them, but there weren't any father records. And I'm a father, and I have a father who never left me a day in my life, you know, who was every single day was there. It was I don't have the story of, yo, I ain't know my dad. I don't have that story. You know what I mean? Like, my friends do, so I understand. 
I, I want to say this, and I please do not forget your, 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 what you're about to say. I just want to interject yeah. real quick. Um, you know, a lot of times to piggyback off what you're saying, you know, a lot of times it seems like we celebrate those moments, those those situations. And I feel like those when I mean celebrate those situations and those shortcomings, those things, I don't feel like not having a father. You know, we shouldn't be looking at someone who does have a father and looking at someone who doesn't have one and we looking looking at that person and kind of having some type of envy or jealousy or whatever because at right. the end of the day we're fathers and you don't want nobody looking at your child who you know your child who you are present in their life so i say that to say this it was refreshing man for you to come at that project and those songs from that perspective man because at the end of the day it's not there's other there's another side of of uh you know uh black uh fatherhood and 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 you know relationships it's a, it's another side it's not right. all every black man is not a deadbeat every black man is not you know what it is man? Child, so just kind of tapping into what pressure man yeah thank you just tapping into the point that that you're making the reason why it's looked at like that is because hip hop is the music of the struggle and of the people, right? Like we right. don't have nothing, we don't have much, but we have this and we're gonna make it and tell our story whether you like it or not. And we're gonna give it to you raw and real. And that's beautiful, that's hip hop. I mean, that's what I do, that's the music I make. Mm -hmm. But it's that's why it's quote unquote cool to have the story of my dad wasn't around, but I made it anyway. My dad wasn't around, so I had it hard and I had to be the man of the house and provide for my mother and my sister, but I made it and now I'm popping. Right. Right. Yo, I, I came out in the struggle in the street with no father and boom, I made it. Mm -hmm. So that's why a lot of guys who did grow up with their father in hip hop, they don't talk about it. They don't talk, about it. They don't talk they don't about, about it. it. You know what I mean? Either you didn't grow up with your father and you never knew him and he sucked. Or if you did, you don't talk about it. You don't right. talk about your father. You talk about your moms or yeah. you don't talk about either parent because you don't want it to come up that you had both. You don't talk about it. You people know? Look at, I'm gonna be honest, man. Like people will look in the in the inner city, and you can and, and you know what it is, man. Even though that wasn't your situation, but you matter of fact, you probably can relate. But people look at that guy that had a father, and they build is some type of resentment towards that right. person. But and I don't know maybe they, did you, that's did you they don't have it. That? Did, yeah, because that that's because they don't have it. You know, like yeah. the guy next to you, you you know, you eating good. And he he not eating, of course he's gonna feel away now. If he was eating too, then maybe you know it'll be a different thing that y'all eat together and you know he's celebrating you eating and vice versa. So right. it's the same thing where it's like, you know, people that didn't have a father, they feel oh, you think you all that because you got your father. You know what I mean? Right. Just like the girls would be like, Oh, you think you all that because you got long hair, <laughs> when, you know, saying that to the to the yeah. Puerto Rican girl with the long hair, because she yeah. don't got long hair, you know what I mean? But if she had it, she wouldn't be saying that. So, you know, that's just the way of the world, and that's just the 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 way us as human beings think, especially in America, especially in the inner city, all these layers get involved. But for me, like my dad was one of two dads on the block in my neighborhood. You know what I mean? Like out of 30 kids running around, you know what I mean? Like it was my dad and it was one other dad across the street and that was it. You know what I mean? So, you know, um, there was no animosity or whatever on my block. I mean, my, my pop became everybody pop. Like I talk about on the album, like, my pop became everybody pop, you know, like you need advice, ask Mr. Taylor. Yeah. Ice cream truck is here, ask Mr. Taylor. And he ain't gonna give everybody a dollar, but 
you got the heart to ask me, you know what I mean? Like, yeah. it's what it was. But um, just, you know, moving forward, I wanted to dispel that. Mm-hmm. I wanted to give us an anthem. I wanted something that if you're a hip-hop lover and you're a father or you're a hip-hop lover and you have a father, you can play this for them on every yeah. father's day. Or you can yeah. play this to celebrate every father's day. I wanted to give us an anthem. So it started with one song. And when I did the song, when I did a song for fathers, I loved it so much. I was like, man, what if I turned this into a whole project and made a whole Father's Day project? I didn't want to do an album because it would have been too much to do 14, 15 songs about that. But I was like, a nice EP would be dope. Six, seven songs, really talking about fatherhood, using my experiences with my dad and then my experiences with my toddler son that I'm raising and talk about that whole world and that bubble and me being in the middle passing the baton so i'm getting the baton from here and all i'm doing it is passing it to to my son passing it to mom then Mm -hmm. in 25 30 years he passed it to his kid and boom 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 and you know that's that's what it's supposed to be you're just passing the baton that's all this shit in life really is so it started with one song and then i was like i think i got a few more in me when it comes to this topic and i just built the storyline of okay me as a kid growing up with my dad two different houses never lived with both of my parents in the same house like ever like i never saw my parents share a room you know i never saw my now, hold parents up. i'm gonna have to stop you now on celebration of us i remember you had like on an interlude like mm-hmm. you know starting the, uh, the album off the intro i mean and you it was a gentleman he was talking about having a son and i believe that was was, was that you know what is is all of that real? Like that's not just it's a story. Be my dad. So that was my man, but those was two of my mans doing the skit. But it was supposed to no, be no, my no. pop and my no, dog. But what, no, but what I'm saying is, is that is that what really is that the, the oh, story? Yeah, like yeah. Is that yeah. real? All of that real? Yeah, yeah. Oh. That, that's, that was my pop story. Always wanted. To, always wanted to know. Always wanted. Yeah, to know. that was my pop story. You know, my pops was 20 years old when he had me. My mother was 19, and my pop was outside. You know what I mean? Like if you if you from Brooklyn, if you from Flatbush in the late 70s, early 80s, you know my pops. You know what I mean? My pops was outside for real. And when he had me, he calmed down. You know, he right. he he pulled back a little bit on that. He still was thugging, but he pulled back a little bit on that. You know, so that's that intro on the album. I wrote that whole skit out and I just called two of my mans to come in and yeah. reenact it. And it's supposed right. to be my pops and my godfather because my pops was running around with my godfather and they was doing da 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 da. And that's him telling the story of, yo, Lisa's about to have a boy, man. Lisa's my mom's, you know, yo, Lisa's about to have a baby, man. She's gonna have a boy. Oh, word. Yo, that's crazy. Yo, congratulations. You know, yeah, man, I gotta slow down out here, man. I gotta cool out out here. All that was stuff that my pops was going through because he told me those are the stories that he would tell me all the time. Like, yo, I was running around and then when I knew you was on the way, I chilled and blah, 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 blah. blah. So, you know, that was where that comes from so now moving back into milestones just the story of like you know having both my parents in my life every day but not being in the same house with them at the same time like i never had both parents in the house at one time i always had two cribs my mother crib my father crib mom's crib like every every weekend i was at the other person's house back and forth back and forth just like boys in the hood so that's how the whole boys in the hood element on the project came together. What's that? The, the, the turn and ten song. Right. And then even just the whole project, like how I use skits all over the album from the movie and all that. That was my life. You know, I remember 
my pop took me to see Boys in the Hood. I was like nine years old or whatever. And he took me to see Boys in the Hood. And I had to write a book report about it, just like I talked about how my pops would make me write all these book reports about movies. And um, he took me to see it. And I thought I was looking at myself at nine years old in the beginning of the movie. Yeah. I was like, yeah, that's me. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. Like, because he's, nah, with that's real. That's real. he's with his mother, he's with his father on the weekends, and then he moves in with his father, and then it's sweet where he lived with his father, and now he's with his mother on the weekends. That was my life. When I was 10 years old, I went from living with my moms and visiting my pops to right. living with my pops and visiting my moms. Like, so I'm watching the screen in the movies, and I'm like, yo, that's us. You know what I mean? So um, when I did the album, I decided to use all the skits from the movie just to help tie the story together and give it that as kind of like a like a mascot to to help sell it, to help you know to help drive the the point home. You know, got you, got you. Yeah, your 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 um your concepts, man, and your your knowledge of pop culture is is. Another thing, like I said, man, makes you one of my favorite artists, man. It's you know, like you had this one line, and I, I, I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna spit it, but it's the line that you, you, you spit on, um, the, the, uh, ah, for my friends, music for my friends, when you got the, uh, the, the, the thing from Boomerang, uh, Strong J, Strong, like I love that line, man. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Yep. Like a lot of yeah. people didn't catch it, like, like a lot of people. I don't think a lot of people may not have caught that man, but if you if you yeah. remember the movie Boomerang, I could go on and on a lot of different pop culture representing your music, man. But yeah, um, brother, like I said, man, uh, it's it's an honor to have you on the platform, man. I um uh, I want to ask you this, man, before we go, brother. Um, being that you, I, I you know I consider you a very successful artist, man. I hate to even say underground because to me and my world. Your mainstream. You on <laughs> you you played on the speakers 24 7 uh in, in my crib to all the right. niggas that I know, everybody that yeah. I rock with. We we, we rock with uh Sky's heavy here in DC. Um yeah. but what what would be some of the yeah, yeah, no doubt, no doubt, man. What would be some of the advice, man, that you would give to an uh an indie artist, man, you know, who's you know, maybe contemplated of, of giving up, man, because he doesn't see the success. You know, coming as fast as he wanted, man, and, and he feel he's dope. He he may not be as dope as you, or may not be as successful, but you know, he he, he might feel like you know it might be time to hang it no, up. No, no, yeah, I, I get what you're saying. Uh, my thing would be first off, you know, success is in the eye of the beholder. You know, um, my vision of success and the next man's vision of success could be the same, or it could be totally different. But it doesn't mean that they don't exist and they're not what success should be. Right. So, for me. Um, I always tell people, up and coming artists, people who want advice, I always be like, yo, man, listen, first of all, know that it's a business that you're getting into. Mm. So it's going to move like a business. Mm. The love is what's going to push you through because mm. there's a lot of times something will happen and I'll be like, yo, I ain't doing this shit no more, man. You know what <laughs> I mean? <laughs> because it'll be a lot of nonsense and a lot of bullshit that, you know, drive you to a certain place and you know, you're yeah. trying to do this and you're trying to do that and you got things going on business-wise I'm talking about. I got you, I got you. And it'll turn into somebody not keeping their word or some nonsense going on or you trying to make something happen, whether it's a record or a feature or a look or a tour or whatever it is. And there's hurdles and things that get in the way like any business. 
I'm sure, you know, dude who owned 30 McDonald's and got millions be like, yo, I'm about to sell all these shits because this is nuts. I can say it. Like, it's every, in every realm, there's those yeah. moments. You know? yeah. So they're going to do everything they can to throw all that shit at you when you're coming in, right? And there's a lot of things that you're going to be like, man, I ain't know this could go that way. I thought this was one way and it's the other way on some Marlo shit. And it's like, yo, you know, it'll make you not want to do this no more. You know what I mean? But the love is what makes you wake up the next day and be like, man, I was bugging. I ain't going nowhere. So if you love it, you'll be fine. If you don't love it and you're only in it for the bread, you're not going to stick around because there's going to be a lot of shit that happens that could drive you out. But if, yeah. the, if you love what you're doing, you'll be able to withstand all the nonsense that comes with this and push through and be there for the highs and be there for the success and be there for the moments that that you got in it for like y'all yeah. that felt great getting my record played that felt great doing those interviews or that felt great putting that record out and everybody loving it and touching people and making some money and going on tour all that and you know i say you know being on the radio all day is great being on tv all day is great being on the cover of magazines all that stuff is amazing and when you're coming up as an artist you want that you envision that the difference is what are you willing to do to get it some people mm. are willing to do anything I'm not willing to do anything to get it. You know what I mean? Or I could have had it a long time ago. Like I've had major label deals offered. I've turned them down. I've never been signed to a major label in my life. I've had major label offers. I turned them down. That doesn't look right. I'm not with that. Ah, that doesn't that doesn't seem right. I'm not with that. We need to renegotiate that. Oh, we can't. All right, I'm out. I can't do it. You know, where some other people may have because they're like, yo, if I just do this now, I could be Drake level and I could go. You know what I mean? And granted, of course. Being able to have all that paper is amazing, you know. But for me, I said, well, there's a way that I can make this paper and still be me. Mm -hmm. Still be able to look myself in the mirror when I make these mm. records. Still have this legacy. And still have people like yourself talking about me and feeling about me the way that you do. I was like, there, there's got to be a way. I don't got to go all the way here and be broke. I don't got to go all the way here and not be able to look myself in the mirror. There's a middle ground where I can have all this paper and be nice. Yeah. but still have yeah. this artistic integrity and this freedom and being able to do what I want musically. And that the world I've been able to build and create. Thank God. A lot of people don't have that luxury. I know guys on major labels that I'm homies with that look at me and be like, man, I wish I was in your shoes. And these mm. guys on the radio every day, these guys, just want to do <laughs> every day. these guys can't walk the street without people. And they, my man's and they like, y'all, I kill to be where you at, bro. Like to be able to make the music I want without any red tape and any bullshit because I'm so large. I got to have this red tape around me to dictate what's going on. And we can't put this record out and we can't do that. And the video got to be this just to have that freedom and that vision. And man, you know, so the grass is always greener. You know what I mean? So, um, you know, you just got to put it together the way you put it together, man. And just know that it's a business. Know that. They're going to try to throw it all at you. But if you love it, you'll be able to push through and, and you can do what you got to do, man, and, and love what you're doing and be proud of what you're doing yeah. and be successful, you know? You know, just to piggyback off what you're saying, man, I feel like you was a testament to that, man, as far as, you know, as long as you're doing, like you just mentioned, man, you said you ain't worked a job in 16 years, man. You ain't worked for nobody, man. You win it, brother. Thank you. Thank you. It doesn't, it doesn't matter. You ain't got to be a billionaire, millionaire. Brother, you wake up, you do what you want to do, and you do it at the end of the day. You do what you love. You win it, brother. Yeah. Thank you. Thank you. And I'm, I don't want for nothing. You know what I mean? Like, 
I mean, there, there's no such thing as too much money. You know what I mean? So, but at the same time, but all money ain't good money though. Right. That true. You know what I mean? I'm, I'm never going to be like, yo, yeah, I made I made enough money. I'm good. Hell no. You know what I mean? But, um, but at the same time, I don't want for anything. Yeah. I don't miss no meals. You know, That's we had sad. all this Corona man with Corona going on, you know, um, the amount of touring that I lost and merchandise that I lost yeah. Yeah. because of that, you know, and obviously yeah. that, that don't mean nothing when it comes to the lives. So rest in peace to all the people that have been impacted. I've lost family members due to it and all that yeah. type of stuff. So it's been yeah. real, you know, but when we just talking about the business and the financial side of it, man, I lost a ton as far as the tours I was supposed to go on. Mm-hmm. We didn't feel like we lost nothing in my house right, because right. we've been blessed to be all right. So now I'm not on the radio every day and all that, but you couldn't tell. You know what I'm saying? Like, I'm good. Like, we ain't we ain't miss a meal. Like, when, when Corona <laughs> hit, we felt it, but we didn't feel it financially. We felt yeah. it emotionally. We yeah. felt it as far as, you know, making sure my son was good because he's a toddler and you got to teach him to wear the mask and all that. Yeah. We felt yeah. it as far as being paranoid to go to the supermarket. Yeah. Felt it in that way. Financially, we didn't yeah. feel nothing. You know what I mean? And that's, that's a blessing. That's not a gloat. That's a blessing. That's God looking out. And that's the fact that the mailman was still delivering publishing checks, even though I I wasn't able to go on tour. You know what I mean? Like the mailman was still delivering royalty checks, even though I wasn't able to go on tour and sell merch in Europe. You know what I mean? Like everything was still clicking. And I say that to say that's a testament to God looking out, of course, and also me being true to who I am and the, the career that I built where I could still cook still make money still be straight but not have to do some shit that i regret tomorrow musically like damn i made that fucking record trying to get <laughs> on trying to pop trying to yeah. be hot and and it ain't go that way like nah i don't have to do that i'm never gonna do that any record i made whether it was luxury whether it was the crown holder any speakers on blast any record that had radio potential and radio appeal yeah. i didn't make it to try to blow up I made it because I thought it was a great record. I knew it could hit the radio. I knew the the way it was built and the beat and all that. But I made it because it made sense on the album. And it was the mood I was in and I wanted to make it. Yeah. You know, at this point in your career, do you even feel like, you know, like you need radio? Because, I mean, honestly, brother. Nah, nah. nah. It's it's dope. You know, I'm never going to shun away from the radio. If the radio wanted to pick up some of my records tomorrow, I'm not going to be like, nah, get out of here. Hell no, I'm going to give them the record. You know what I mean? But, you know, um... I'm not out there like beating the drum, like yo, man. If yeah. I'm going on the radio tomorrow, I'm gonna die. Like hell no, like yeah. nah. You know what I'm saying? Like y'all are the radio. You know what I mean? People like you and you know the podcast and and uh, the the playlists and the people. You know the radio is Instagram. You know somebody tagging your joint on the gram while they in the gym working out. You know like so. And and granted, the radio is an incredible medium, but. If they rocking, cool. If they didn't get onto it yet or there's no room for it, because I know how that works. I know how that beast works. I'm a cool. I'm cool if it ain't on there. As long as the people know. There's people who live on the radio that can't sell out a show. That's you know what I mean. I never be on the radio and I sell out man shows. Yeah, yeah. That's you know, cool. I, was talking, you know? I was talking to Ransom about that, man. He felt he you know, he felt the same way, man. He's another, yeah. I feel like another legend, man. But yeah. You know, he shares that sentiment as far as, man, as long as he, as long as you're able to do what you love and, and the people, you know, they, they, they revere what you, what you put out, man, you win it, you know? Yeah, you, you build your core, you know, you build your core, man, and you build that equity and that belief 
you'll never lose them. You know, another piece of advice I give artists all the time before we go, I tell artists, man, I go, yo, if you build a base that believes in you and yeah. rides with you 100%, yeah. you'll never go broke. All you got to do is keep feeding them the right way. So look at it like if you got a restaurant, you got a soul food restaurant, and everybody knows, yo, they got the best soul food in town, man. I'm going there. I'm going there. And one day somebody come to the restaurant who been coming to you for years, yeah. and you put out a pizza. They're going to be like, yo, I don't want no fucking pizza. I came here for this. If I wanted pizza, right. I would have went around the corner to the spot. Yeah. I came to soul food. Are you giving right. me pizza now? I don't know if I'm coming back here no more because I, I don't know what to believe. I can't trust it. I knew before every time I came here, y'all had what I wanted. Now I come here, you're giving me a pizza. I don't know if I'm coming here no more. That's what happens where you build up equity and then you go try to make a record to pop. And it's a totally different thing. Yeah. Your base is like, wait a minute. I thought you was this guy or this girl <laughs> who did this. Yeah. Love. And if I'm in the mood for this, I go see them. Mm -hmm. giving me some other shit. If I wanted that, I'd go over there. You know, right, right. If I wanted to be whatever, I'll go listen to Ross. I'll go listen to right, Future. Right, right, you know, right. And they're all great artists, you know? Yeah. So if I'm in that mood, I'll go there. If I'm in the mood for pizza, I'll go to that spot. But I'm in the mood for soul food. I came to you. You're giving me fucking pizza. Like, yeah. <laughs> I can't trust it. You right. come to me, you're never going to get what you're not coming for. Right, right. That's why I've been able to build the equity that I've been able to build. Period. Like when you surprise me, like when you give me like an element of surprise, an element of surprise of, you know, greatness. You know, it's not an element of surprise of a disappointment. You right. Know, I, yeah, it's like, it's like gave me, have given me, and I don't want to say no names, but they have given me an element of surprise of disappointments. Right, right. They tried to do something. you like, oh, they tried to do that, and it ain't work. Like, you know, you look at in celebration of us, you know, on heirlooms and accessories, when it switches up on the second half, and I kind of it's like a trap beat, and I'm rhyming fast, and it's still like, yo, this shit is crazy. It's not, yo, he trying to do a trap record. It's like, yo, this shit is nuts. Like, yo, he went off on that, and he's still on the same topic that he was on on the first half of the record, and the right. beat is crazy. It's a trap beat, but it's crazy. It still feels like it's in line. With the hip hop beat that came on exactly. right before it, and he dumbed out on it. All right, we good. Or just like you know, on um, on Black Sambo, you know, I'm rhyming fast. Dun, 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 dun. Yeah. But you feel like yo, this shit is dumb. It, it wasn't and, no Migos type shit. You still sounded right. like Sky. Exactly. That's my point. So even when I gave you a different type of dish at the restaurant, it was still soul food. It was like yo, this shit crazy. I still got what I wanted. But it had a little twist on it, and it was crazy. But it wasn't no pizza. You know what I mean? I ain't giving <laughs> pizza. You know what I mean? Like, you know, I ain't go all the way up. I just gave you something with a twist to it. You know what I mean? And, and that's that's how you're able to expand while still keeping the base satisfied and being able to win. So I tell any artists on the rise, all of the above. Yeah, my, well, my last question, man. You know, with the internet today, man, and artists releasing so much music, man, do you ever feel like you release too much music or do you feel like you don't release enough music? You know, I feel like I found a good balance. Um, you know, some people don't release enough. Some people go nuts and release a song a day or a week or whatever. I feel like I found a good balance. My thing is, if I release one full project a year, I'm cool because I release that project. There's going to be build up going to it. 
There's going to be singles and videos that drop after it. There may be remixes. There may be different things that go on the play. So the project lives. And I want the project to really, really live. Like, we come from an era where, I mean, shit, Nas was dropping every two, three years. Like, he wasn't trying to tell Bobby telling people that all the time. You know what I'm saying? Like, he was spacing the shit out. He'll drop every two years. Big drop three years later from the first to the second. You know, like, they would space it out. Jay started that every year thing. You know what I mean? Like, they did that. And he talked about doing it on purpose because he wanted to take over and all that, and it was great. But I say all that to say, you let the record live. You let the people get familiar with it. People love it. We in an era now where heads are listening to the album once and be like, yeah, I got it. I'm, I heard it. It's dope. I love it. It's a classic. I listened to it once. I'm good. Nah. nah. That's like <laughs> food in 30 seconds. That's for yeah. a it's the greatest thing I ever tasted. Like, no, right. you gotta let that shit. I ate it in 30 <laughs> seconds. How did you cherish it? You know what I mean? How did you really enjoy it? So no, no, that's no. the equivalent. Don't you can't listen to my shit in one day and get it. There is no way. There's no way. I don't I listen to my shit in one day and get it. And I wrote it. You know what I mean? Like I you, you I can't. This guy. I say this, man. I'm gonna be honest, brother. You where you at in your career and the catalog that you built up, as much as I love you and I love your music, brother. Yo, you can release something just once a year, and I'm good. Your your cat, you have gave me so much, brother. Yeah, everything after a music for my friends is just is is just it's a bonus. Right. Like you is is you've already built up a man. You had you was a legend. Like I say this, I use this. You're a basketball lover. I use you this analogy. Um, use use you in this analogy like I would say LeBron James. LeBron James was a he was a Hall of Famer ten years ago. Yeah, brother, you was you, you've been a legend. You've been a legend since music. Music and my friends solidified you forever. Everything that you did was amazing, but that's in my opinion that mm -hmm. project solidified you on a Mount Rushmore, and everything else after that has been phenomenal. But if you if you stop making music. I, would I be disappointed? Yes, but to be honest, brother, you gave me so much, man. Right. You gave me so much from 2007 I to 2015. It. I'm good, brother. Appreciate it. Appreciate it, man. Yeah, no, it's real. It's real. And I say that, man, because I, I, to be honest, man, a lot of artists, man, they have to do that. They have to keep because their, their music is like cotton candy. It's, it doesn't sit with you. That's real. Your music, like you said, it sits with you, man. Like, I like you, Rock Marciano, those Griselda boys, man. Like your uh, album, when you release the album, it's gonna last me to a to, to the next years and to two years from now. I'm, I'm yeah, good. I'm good. I'm good with that catalyst team. And you know, um, like I said, man, when you when you release um, a celebration of us, I was I was good up until Retropolitan. I was straight. Right. right. I was good. I wasn't like like I'm not like yo with Scott. You know what I'm saying? I'm I'm good. Would I like you to release something? I'm not gonna complain. But right. to be you honest, full. man, you full. Your, your stomach was full. Yeah. I, yeah. You gave like the pedalist theme. That was enough for me. That got me full. Uh, a celebration for us. That got me full. Yeah. Uh, Retropolitan. That got me full. The two EPs you, that you dropped last year. That got me full, brother. Yeah. That's real. I appreciate that. And, and you know, with that being said, brother, it's been an honor, man. Like I said, man, thank you for blessing the pat the uh, the platform, man. Yeah, brother, just just keep doing what you're doing, man. You are a legend, folks. Know folks who know they know. Um, yeah, 
Yeah. You know, if, if you like, I say, man, you 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 are your favorite. What they say? What's that term? They say your favorite rapper's favorite rapper. Yeah, yeah. You know, <laughs> that's, how, that's how I sleep at night because I know the people who know they know. You know what I mean? Like, if 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 you if I'm not in your top, whatever, it's only because you don't know. Once you know, that's once facts. you get hit to it, once you press play for a while, you're like, oh nah, son is it son is in there, son is in there. You know what I mean? Like nah. you know what it is. And and I appreciate that, man. And I appreciate you taking the time. You know, I know we ran over, which is you know, it's all good. You know, we got the two hours out of me, so we good. <laughs> but um I appreciate you taking the time, man. You know, the excitement and the appreciation is all coming through from, from the way you kicking it, and man, it hits the heart, man. Like it ain't it ain't lost, it ain't pushed away or, or, or you know, disregarded or anything, man. Like, I appreciate you 150%. It's people like you that make all of it worth it. You know, you go to work every day. That's the appreciation of, yo, this is why I go to work every day, because of people like you. So it's all love, man. I appreciate that. And I want to end it just by saying all the brilliant things is coming soon. You know, it's wrapped up. I'm in the mixing phase right now. I'm in the final phase of mixing. It's wrapped up and it's... um. It's 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 a, a fantastic man. I never I never took this long to make an album. Wow. What's my the album usually, what's the long to? Um a couple weeks. You know what I'm saying? Like, I mean, in celebration of us, in Damn. celebration of us was like four months. Um, everything else, man. Well, music for my friends was like four or five months. Any type of like collabo albums. Are um any collabo albums? The Easy Truth was nine days. Retropolitan was eleven days. Um, it's just no bullshit. You know what I mean? Like, uh, yeah, the Retropolitan was eleven days. Huh? What's, what's your favorite? What's your what's your your three three favorite projects I that you released? Favorite kid, man. Um, definitely a celebration of us for sure. Um. Retropolitan is high up there. The Easy Truth is high up there. Music for my friends, Dream Deferred, um, Great Debater. <laughs> Let me scratch that question. I'm gonna scratch that question because, like you said, man, it's like picking your favorite kid, bro. <laughs> yeah, for me though, um, Milestones, of course. And Celebration of Us is high up there. When I did that, I had this goal, and the way I described it at the time was: sometimes you, you have a painting, you have an idea for a painting. If you're an artist. And you're looking at this blank canvas and you go, yo, man, I'm going to put some blue right there. I'm going to put some green right there. I'm going to put some yellow, some red, some orange, some pink. You know exactly where you want to put everything before you start painting. When you paint, if you nail it the exact way you had the vision of in your head, it's a grand slam. And, and that's what happened with that. I knew what I wanted to do. I had the vision of what I wanted that album to be. And I hit the nail exactly the way I wanted like the way I saw me hitting that nail, bang! I hit the nail exactly the way I wanted to hit it. For that album to be a representation of black people, black pride, the plight of black folk, black power, uh, the pitfalls that we have fallen into as black people, the highs and lows. That I wanted to make the blackest album I could make. <laughs> you accomplished that without putting on, you know, without. All right, you're gonna put on a dashiki just to oversell it. Like, nah, like you know, I wanted I wanted to make something that represented black folk, black culture, the highs and lows of it, the things that we've done to ourselves to fall, the things that have been done to us to fall, and the things that we've done 
to rise up out and and succeed and that's what i did with that album so that album is extremely near and dear to me that that one man it just takes when i press play on that it just takes me somewhere yeah no doubt man like i said man your your, your, your entire catalog is just amazing man Thank brother I, I i love what you have accomplished man i love everything that you represent you know you have really you know you have really broke the mold as far as uh mcs man you 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 definitely have shown another light man as far as being able to balance uh uh multiple sides man as far as uh in in, in this genre that we, we we love called hip-hop man i've never seen anything like this before brother thank you, know? you man thank you i'm i'm honored man i'm honored to to be looked at in that light you know i just set out when i was younger up until now and beyond i just set out to make the best music i can make it wasn't about anything else it wasn't about achieving you know all this bread i mean of course i love bread i'm from brooklyn but you know if, if, if this was a money grab if this was a money grab i could have did things a lot differently you know oh, i was in situations where i turned down bread i was in situations where i turned down opportunities because they didn't fit the long-term goal of what i had in mind for my legacy and the art that i wanted to put into the world and and the way i wanted to be remembered when i say all right i'm done i'm never picking up a pen again i'm good i'm an old man I'm whatever, whatever, whatever. I'm going to my son's high school graduation, whatever it might be. But I'm like, yo, I'm done. You know, um, the legacy I leave behind, you know, and just the art I want to contribute to the world. And man, 30, 40 years from now, people going on discogs and being like, yo, I, I had to grab that joint the same way I go grab an old Lee Morgan joint now, like 30, 40 years from now. Yo, I get this Skazoo joint. I couldn't find it. Yo, that the way that shit touched me back in the day and da da da. Yo, my my dad grew up on Skazoo and he passed it on to me. And now I'm listening. Like yeah, that's yeah. what I do it for. I do it for the art to to last forever. You know. Nah, yeah, you one of those type of artists, man. Like I said, you it's, it, what you put out, man, is timeless, man. And I think 30, 40 years, like you just said, man, it's it's it's. Your legacy, man, and what you have accomplished is just it's gonna live on, man. So Thank with that being said, brother, anything else like you would like to add, man? I know that you, you mentioned you know you got a project, man. Where can they find you what on social uh, media? Where can they find your music? Uh Twitter at SkyZoo, Instagram at SkyZoo, the writer. My music is everywhere, you know, iTunes, Spotify, Title, Bandcamp, wherever you get music is there. There's no streaming service that I'm I'm not on. Um no. Yeah, and and I'm I'm active on social media in the sense where if you holler, that's me hitting you back. You know, I don't have a manager; I manage myself by choice. You know, so there's nobody tweeting or posting for me. You know, it's all me. So if you holler, that's me hitting you back. Whether it's about business, whether you're showing me some love, whatever, whatever, that's me. Uh, and yeah, and, and shout out to y'all, man. Shout out to y'all for putting this together. You know, uh, it's been a blast. No, thank you, uh, brother, man. I appreciate this opportunity. And I'll need you to get back with that, that playlist, man. I'm looking forward to that, man. You know what? Yeah, I, I, think playlist, man. I think I'm going to mess around this weekend. Yeah. I think yeah, I'm, I'm looking forward to that, man. So, look, brother, it's been an honor, man. Thank you again, brother. You have a good night and stay blessed, man. Thank you, man. Likewise.